everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Only Friends podcast. I think we missed the intro there, but that's okay. That's all uh, right. It's Monday. Shit's going to go wrong every now and again, you know? That's how it works. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to unpack from the weekend. But first and foremost, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about how this thing went with my absence. Conrad, quite the host. I mean, Not bad at all. I tried. Not too shabby. I mean, it was my first time pers- public speaking, so, you know, I, I gave it my all. Uh, <laughs> I kind of fucked up a little bit, but, you know. Not noticeable. What, what do you think you fucked up? I should have um, been more of a host and guiding in the beginning, a conversation. Maybe I'm not. Uh, oh, the piling know. on wasn't, wasn't ideal? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had to get something to work with. Yo, you know? Landon, you fuck yet or what? <laughs> Yo, Landon, why you don't fuck? <laughs> Spite's a powerful motivator. <laughs> the motivator. Uh, I, I, I watched the show. I actually, uh, I agree with your, your overarching sentiment, but I thought the show in general was great, mainly because the Paul just completely saved your ass. The Paul yeah. is a sick yeah. fuck. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. My man Landon over here was literally... Yeah. He was a little myriad yeah, but, yeah. but it started off on a bit of a rough foot. You lived with him for almost two years. Like, you, you know that mood. Like, you know what triggers that mood. You don't That's double true. down on it. That's you know? true. I mean, Landon well, no, was a just one. Game like that. Yeah. Landon was a one and DePaulo was a 10. So they well, evened out there about a yeah. five average. Well, yeah. it, it, here's what happened. It was supposed to be the Landon Tice show. He was supposed to come in. It started as it was going to be a solo pod. It was going to be only friend. <laughs> and then you jumped in and stole his thunder yeah. and then invited Apollo, who even more so and dampened it. And then you two it. just piled on to him at the very beginning. Oh, my God. Yeah, give him the little brother syndrome. He ain't about that, man. This is a, this like a large a individual. You know, he he in that, you know what he did in that womb? He was freaking pillaged in that womb. He consumed the fourth quadruple. Yeah, there was literally, and we said that. And he was like, no, there wasn't. And then we got the confirmation from his mom on Twitter. There she was a fourth. She said that we all lived. And <laughs> we didn't. At your hands, you didn't. You absorbed that other one for sure. Yeah. Judging by the look of your fellow triplets. Sometimes I wish I was the one that was absorbed. Yeah. Oh man, dark emo Landon might it's, be a good bit. It's funny, right. I like that, it. That could it's be amazing. a very it's good bit. Funny. It's only funny because I don't actually mean it. Yeah. You know, no, of course. You don't have to explain Thank the joke. You. Come Thank on, you. first Jesus, just just leave big it. killer, big it. killer. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, what else happened this weekend? <laughs> you can never win with these people. No, you can't. You really you can't. can't win. Oh, but hi, like, Newt. We have a very special guest Whenever something love-centric comes up, I can't win either. So I feel you. Anytime what comes up? Anything about love or dating. I can't win. I mean, you, you can, can win. win. Yes. No, what happens is I get slowly and slowly more disillusioned until my heart is just broken. That's because you haven't accepted yet that you have all the power. Ah, no, I don't. Once you understand, once you understand the dynamics of all of this and how you are actually the one who's in control, but simultaneously emotionally vulnerable, then and only then... Will you be able There's to be... There's one thing uh, to know about me. I don't like being emotionally vulnerable. So when it happens, I do everything I can to make that stop happening. You are such I a have, dude. I have one piece of advice for you, Melissa. Do yeah. not listen to his advice on dating. Right? That's, wow. what, that's what all my girlfriends <laughs> say. <laughs> all my girlfriends are like, don't listen to him. Hi, yeah. Jamie. Welcome to well, the podcast. Thank, thank you, Bertie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what the uh, this is what I really want to talk about with Jamie. Um, dating. Excuse yeah. me. I have <laughs> wow. fantastic advice. Really? When it comes to this, you do have you have good like flirting advice. I'm just right. He, I'm just I'll right ask, about a lot I'll of shit. Him, like, how am I supposed to flirt? Because my version of flirting is like a dude flirting. So I'm like, oh yeah, I like to get up in there, and they're like, you sound like a guy. Mine is to be really, really mean, and like, yeah. and then I'm like, well, it means I like you. Like when you're five See, years maybe old, maybe that's better though than what <laughs> I do. You like, guys just like dick. flirt like dudes at different ages. You're yeah. in middle school. She's in like high school ish. Yeah. You're angsty I'm, teen. I'm like, you're no, angst- I'm not angsty. I'm just like, give me that dick. <laughs> and they're just that like, wow, I'm scared. What's going wow, on? Wow, seriously? I, if I no, had dick, they don't I'd give say it to that. you right now. They don't say that. <laughs> they're not scared, but I scare myself. Yeah, what happens is that's just what goes through her head, and then the text message says, like, no what are you up to, giggle? It's like, he, I'm so cute. <laughs> and then I'm like, devil emoji, penis emoji. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. No one that's, does. That's abundantly clear. <laughs> I'm not giving advice. Let's be let's be very clear out of the gate. I am in no way, shape, or form advising you. I'm just telling you how it is. That's yeah, but it. I don't know that it that is how it is. That's how it is. Is it, Jamie? No. As I said, don't listen to him. Yeah. Like, look at, for, you're coming speak- in mid conversation, okay? Like, he speaks for the fuckboy community. Yes. So. I am yes. not a fuckboy. We've been over this. Are you the alpha fuckboy? He's no. the alpha. Phallic Sounds exactly what a fuckboy fuck would say. You're phallic aggressive. How could you not be a fuckboy? Shut the fuck up. Listen. Yay, what a good intro. First and foremost, fuckboys are manipulative. Yeah. I'm in no way, shape, or form trying to manipulate anybody into anything. Second of all, <laughs> fuck boys are out fucking. <laughs> I'm too goddamn old for this. Yeah, I'm gonna do true. a podcast ha- with a I bunch of like kids every day. Fucking <laughs> that's why I come to the house. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, but uh-huh. but you haven't seen anyone in a while. I think he hasn't been fucking. No. Yeah, I'm celibate. Okay. <laughs> I've turned over a new leaf. Wow. That's how you win a bracelet. That's how you win a bracelet. Rumor is, it's just me. I was celibate for a year. I didn't win anything. Well, we can get to that. Landon <laughs> should have bought five by now. Yeah, but how uh, you Landon should have bought five by My now. My poker was good, actually. Yeah. Wait, you wanna? You beat me heads up. Not when I was celibate. Oh. Also, it wasn't for a bracelet. It wasn't for a yeah. bracelet, but it was a victory. All victories. I actually be think I do better celibate. when I'm not celibate. Hmm. You, gotta have, you gotta be a little bit angry. Yeah. We're. we're- <laughs> We'll need to we'll need to accrue the data. <laughs> I just need therapy. It's fine. <laughs> Not a big deal. We all do. Seems quite reasonable. My friend's like, please get a therapist. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I was seeing okay. someone off and on for a little bit where he goes, if you ever get a therapist, you're never gonna talk to me again. Wow, that self awareness is so hot. <laughs> Wow, he knows he's toxic. Yeah. <laughs> so did you or did you not get a therapist? No. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. Berkey's uh, <laughs> like, no, that's me. Oh, man. I just listen. I, I'm just an ear or a shoulder to lend. Yeah. You know, that's... You accuse me of being a fuckboy, but I'm just attentive. No, you're That's not a fuckboy. You're just a sadist. <laughs> partial That's truth to that, but only because it's my picker's broken, not because I actually want to cause harm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very fair. So I went to LA on Friday. That's why I wasn't here. Uh, live at the bike stream is back up in kicking. They made some adjustments that looked a little bit better. I only got to watch a little bit of it. I was so happy with the adjustments made. Yeah. It meant so much. Like, it was like... 
a thousand times better. Yeah, no, small. it was actually watchable. Like before, there was just some. I don't know if it was the contrast or it was just like my eyes were not I, having it. I but feel like they just had to make watch. small adjustments for it to happen. But I think there's that, still some that they need to address. But absolutely. yeah, they brightened up the room a little bit. The camera angles are a little bit better. Yep. Um, still need to work on the graphics, of course. Uh, and yeah, like whatever. They're gonna continue continually uh, tinker with it. Game was great on stream. I lost 172,000. Right. Not bad. Off stream, oh. I won 160,000. Oh. I didn't know that. I, didn't I, know. I only saw the final number. Oh. I didn't even bring it up. Perfect oh, advertising. Yes. Fucking great. To keep coming back to these games. <laughs> yeah. Got absolutely obliterated. Uh, Limitless went off with the six deuce on ace jack six when i had the ace king you know remnants of uh my past experiences alive at the bike he found a deuce i paid him off because that's what a goddamn good professional does you say take my money show sure. me the bluff he's never bluffed <laughs> off stream however i made a lot of good hands and uh won a lot of gigapots that's why you were Love that. Um, I love that. Love that for you. Yeah. Love that yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was only down sort of bad. I've here's here's uh here's a tough stat to swallow. So I've played seven live at the bike streams over the last three and a half weeks, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm down like nine thousand total <laughs> over sixty hours or so. However, I'm stuck. Like nine thousand in like ten thousand in travel. <laughs> oh no! So, so I don't know how sustainable this is. <laughs> Sounds like you should start winning. <laughs> I'm not sure the winning can overcome an eleven hundred dollar tab every time I go to LA. Well, it does you if you keep winning. Yeah. Yes, but sometimes that's yeah. like it did. Like a lot of times it doesn't matter. So I flew back Saturday morning. Uh, unless I flew at 6 a.m., there was one 6 a.m. direct flight mm -hmm. that was $84. Yeah. Everything else was three fifty or more. What? You take the bus. <laughs> you drive. Taking a goddamn yeah. bus. Yeah, at least from Chinatown. What do you What do you think this Every is? Every hour bus? on the hour, man. Listen, do you want to keep playing or not? I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to tell you, you take it's, the Southwest flight for eighty four dollars. No. Jet suite. You, you want to get the chin? Jet suite what happened? He was chin? two hours late. Yeah. He missed Never the happened. entire first hour of commentary because he was late taking the cheap flight. That's factored into the eighty four dollars. But let's say that you were two hours late. You probably saved like eighty k. <laughs> That's true. False money. I lost all my money before the stream ended. That's great. God damn it. So it gets back to the point of just winning more. So the moral of the story is: I retire. No, you just win. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. The, here's the thing. Here's the trouble with traveling for streamed poker. The streams don't last very long. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, what is it, like three, four hours? So I've played streams as short as three and a half hours and as long as like six uh, when I go to LA. Like the Poker Go ones are always consistently six. They, mm -hmm. they just stay that way. But the, the trouble is that the stream very rarely plays after the fact. I so like of the seven times I've played, we've only continued after twice. Now, I happened to be buried both times, which was nice. <laughs> but nevertheless, usually like the stream just ends after the fact. Uh, so <laughs> it's a very high cost for uh, a very low amount of hours. However, the games are really good. The game is so much so better. So you assume awesome. that your hourly is pretty high, you know, if you can ever book a fucking win, which 
Lord knows I can't when the cameras are on. Me neither. So really what I need to do is figure out a way to Keep start in the stream game and then like triple the hours off stream because mm -hmm. that's the only place I can win any goddamn money. Yeah, so you, you just, just gotta, gotta bring incentives. a bunch of cocaine for after the stream. There you go. Mm -hmm. You don't find have to partake, incentives. but tell, just offer it. Tell me it. more. Just offer it to the table and the, they'll just stay. They'll just indulge. Probably. That's, that's just the way that know. works. I've never tried it, but I would okay. have to think it would work. Well... Hey, I'm up for trying. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Um, <laughs> speaking of allegedly, this just in. Breaking news. My sources tell me. Oh, this shit. is no joke. I, I literally have had this confirmed by a few sources, um, but nothing is official yet. Uh, the rumor mill is stating that Ali, Jake, and Rock are all banned from Triton. Yikes. Forgot. I so, think we need to figure out like a little name for that group. The band? Go on. I don't know. Like when we refer to them. The, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll have to put a little thought to it. The I RT agree. Aliens. The, the, the RT there's aliens. There's definitely some yeah. comic relief to be had here. I'm sure uh, Jamie can stew on it for a moment or two. Yeah, the blacklist. I'm thinking right That's now. That's racist. We, we'll, fig we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? The blacklist. The blacklist. The blacklist. I thought. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rumor is that uh, they have gone forward with the band, so it looks as though the major tours are following suit, and uh, precedent has been set, where you know this small collection that is proven to have been RTAing at least on GG, if not other places, uh, is now going to have no access to live events. So. Again, as we kind of already mentioned, this is a big deal in the sense that it sets the precedence moving forward for other tours to do the same. Yep. But it's not necessarily the biggest deal in the sense that it doesn't reduce their volume that much. Well, Tri why Tri not? Well, Triton's only a couple of events a year. Um, I think I think the most they've ran in a year were three events. But I would say wait for that snowball. It's still coming down the mountain. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, prior to the pandemic, the biggest event that they have ever run was a hundred pound buy-in or a hundred euro buy-in. The one that uh, <clears throat> was half businessmen, half half pros. That was a million. That what did I say? It was a million. It was a million. Yeah. What did I say? You said a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. Yeah, sorry, it was a million. I thought you said a hundred pounds. That's what uh, I, I thought meant, he said. He said a hundred thousand pounds, but yeah. it was I meant a million. To say a million pound. Yeah. A million pound buy-in. Um, and that was the one that was a mix between pros and amateurs. I was like, so there are certainly <laughs> opportunities that will be taken away from them from being banned from just EPT and Triton alone. Uh, but if PokerGo and WSOP then follow suit, there are no high rollers left, yep. right? So like their ability to earn has now just absolutely been clipped out from underneath them. And I'll be curious to see what the response is because they can't, I mean, they could just stay silent forever and just move into another industry, of course, right? But... Uh, I would imagine they're going to want to try to play again. Absolutely. Right? So it'll be interesting to see how all of this shakes out as far as them making an attempt to, I don't know, fight against these bands or uh, find other ways back into action, or at least maybe proactively try to prevent PokerGo and WSOP from uh, following suit and banning them from high rollers. Not sure. We'll stay tuned. Uh, obviously, we'll confirm that the band did take place on Wednesday. If we don't see them in any high rollers, that's pretty clear confirmation that uh, these rumors are true. Um, last thing before we get into the shits, 
I want to talk about the BetMGM Aria Million Dollar Guaranteed that's running this summer. Uh, I've been lucky enough to partner with them, and even though I've been pretty outspoken that the guarantee is low, uh, I think it's going to smash. And one of the biggest reasons for why I think it's going to smash is that uh, they are running satellites every single Sunday from now until June 12th in Toronto, PA, Michigan, New Jersey. So all of the legalized uh, liquidity pools that they have access to. Um, $6,000 packages are being offered week in and week out. They're expecting someone in the neighborhood. God damn it. Kitty corner, man. Look at this. Look at, he's doing like Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he did. He knows what he did. Uh, so they're dumb. expecting 60 or 70 satellite winners, which obviously during the summer is a pretty big influx of, uh, let's call it recreational money. Um, and it doesn't really overlap anything else. So I expect the guarantee to double, maybe even triple, uh, which isn't that far-fetched during a summer event. Um, pretty big thing for both MGM and Aria. This is the second time that they've run a live event. Uh, so for anybody who's in those four legalized states, check out the satellites that are running. I think they were even running super satellites to the satellite, uh, probably uh, round the clock week long. Um, be sure to take a shot at that and you'll be able to find myself and uh, MGM <coughs> ambassador Darren Elias at the event day of, which I believe is June. Ooh, I don't know the date. I think it was in that, that screenshot. Uh, I think it's June 22nd though, if I recall. Question. So yeah. Bet MGM is connected to Aria and not MGM. MGM owns Aria, yeah. Bellagio, yeah. MGM. Oh. It's They're all MGM, MGM property. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, MGM also came out of the schedule recently with a whole bunch did. of stuff. They did. Uh, and we can talk about that a little bit more maybe once Andre gets back uh, just because I don't have the full details. But I know that we are doing a meetup game there uh, end of this month. Yeah, I believe it is on the 28th. 8th. I want to say it's the 28th and we're going to be doing it at like 10 p.m. I think it is. But a couple of us will be there at like 8, 8 p.m. Yeah, the plan is to do... Uh, we're going to like make a whole day of it. Um, Stapes is headlining a comedy show here at... Do you know the name of that club that he performs Space? at? The Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I went there a couple times when he was performing, and it was good. And they actually had uh, other poker players up there. Yeah, Ben Ludlow. Ben Ludlow. Jess Wellman, I think, did some. And okay. then they had a bunch of other really... I knew Jess did one at uh, Run Up Reno. I think she did there, too. Um, I'm, not, I'm trying to think now. My memory sucks, but... It was all good. Like they had like yeah. seven or eight comedians. It was super long, but like all of them were funny. Yeah, I went to the first opening show. It was it was really good. Uh, obviously, the pandemic kind of shut them down, mm -hmm. but I think he's headlining another show there that day. Uh, Andre wanted to show him some support, so we're gonna get a big group together, head to the space, check out the comedy show, and then do a meetup game. Uh, one two one three. Who's who knows? Whatever they run there. Uh, Ten p.m. What is it? May twenty eighth. I think May twenty eighth. All right, May twenty eighth. It'll be 1, 2, 5, 10, 20... I'm all in. 40, 80? <laughs> 7,000. Why are One you still DJing? I don't know. <laughs> That's so weird because, like, women don't like to gamble at I've all. I've got a demon in me. <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, I like chaos. Yeah. You, you I, are an agent of chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. I, th I think this proves to be true straddle 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 <laughs> knit, knit, yeah knit. i chant knit at them and then and then like the guy finally did it and he looks at me like 
<laughs> my guy. I got you. Yeah, my guy. Yo. Talking about this shit. Yesterday I was playing and there's this guy I've been calling my dad. You know what happened? You know what happened? Wait, that what means. did you say? You call him your dad? I call him my dad. You know okay. what that means? My man is giving me the all the action. Yeah. We're having a party. It is an absolute That's like blast. me when I call them daddy. Yo. <laughs> 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 right. Just kidding. Speaking of. What? Uh, I will tell one final story before we start talking about. You interrupted about... Conrad's just, story. Just, no, 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 story. Oh, you just killed, completely <laughs> killed you. Oh, you just landed me. Well, I was piggybacking off of Melissa. I thought it was done. Oh, no, man, I was just, I just, I was just adding a little wow. ad lib in. No. So anyway, we're sitting there playing. This guy is giving it all the action, having so much fun. He literally has $100 in his hand, every hand. And he's like, in one face card, this is in the middle. There's some guy in the middle of us just starts flipping the fuck out. He's like, no. all of us want to play this, that, and the third. It's like, dude, play your cards. Relax. But it was just, he completely ruined the vibe of the game. And I was very upset about it. And I had to let the people know, don't do that shit. Move on. I honestly couldn't follow that. Yeah, I, I think this Basically, will... people were mad that someone was playing too many hands. And don't do that shit. All right, I'm going to... A Conrad gonna, story. I was very I'm going to tell a little story. <laughs> a little ditty, if you will. A tale of tales. Uh, this past Thursday, we had a Cinco de Mayo party. And uh, it was, for lack of a better term, a shit show. <laughs> In a good way, though. In, a, in the best way imaginable. It was of very fun. Yeah, it, was fun. it was very fun. It was very fun. It was just an absolute shit show. Uh, I believe Conrad showed a little bit of behind the scenes on Friday. We had a man magic mic. What did you say? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you said Conrad? Yeah, but you're not listening, so don't worry about it. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, we had a man magic miking. We had a stripper pole, which, by the way, if you weren't aware, uh, adding a stripper pole to any party. Really fun at parties. Oh, my God. Really brings so the best out of people. I, I got on the stripper resist. pole. Yeah. Yeah. Brian got on. I was on I was there. Also. Not I gave, the it, I gave it a think. twirl. Yeah. Was, not the fun. way that you would think. It's not in, like, uh, a way where you expect every girl to just, you Get know, unleash her inner stripper or anything. No. no, 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 no. Quite the opposite, my friend. Every dude that walked through that door... Climbed that pole oh, yeah. and slid down oh, ass yeah. backwards. Lamana included. Well, we were playing um, flip cup, and whatever side lost had to had to do a twirl. Oh, the, uh, love it! There the, was uh, uh, oh, God, I love that. I, I just went for it. I just yeah. I had I've never <laughs> been on a stripper pole in my life. Honestly, you did. And well. I just I just jumped you on owned it. it. I yeah. spun all the way down, that. and I was like. That was you did easier well. than I thought. I could see 22-year-old Lamanna. <laughs> I think I got a drunk future in some strip club. Glasses on, just yeah. jump on the pole and just have a fucking party. No, I don't think you know how strip clubs work, my last friend. Thing I wanna, last thing I want to do when I enter a strip club is get kicked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, he's there for a good time, not a yeah. short time. Come on. Uh, so, you know, I'm kind of just like painting the picture of, of what we were up against here. It was a really good time. Everybody had a blast. So, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock rolls around. The night's winding down everybody's leaving there's a few people at the doorway that i don't know but they seem to be on their way out <laughs> renelle's cleaning like she's she's clearly done and over with and i'm like okay that's my cue oh going to bed everybody good night go in my room and realize that i'm gross and need to shower before bed hop in the shower and i hear a knock at the door and i go i'm showering and i hear the door open and i hear a girl say something don't recognize the voice, but I just assume it's Renelle and she needs something. I was like, I'm in the shower, whatever you need. And then a girl appears. Yeah. 
that I don't know. Uh-huh. And I quickly grab a towel while the water's still running. And I go, can I help you? And she just looks me up and down, gives me the once over and goes, okay, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And I'm standing there dumbfounded, like, uh-huh. pardon me? And she just doesn't budge yeah. like she's going nowhere and i'm like um what uh, i'm sorry i'm matt she goes i know you own this place right and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah let me get some clothes on and i'll come out there and again she goes okay daddy yeah. <laughs> and walks out the door yeah. and i am just like I feel like I'm in the midst of a cross between college and some You're poorly welcome, written by comedy. The way. You're welcome. That was all my doing. I'm welcome? I was all my doing. You owe me an apology. Ages she, chaos. Was, she came in and she's like, who owns this place? And I was like, that's his room right there. Just walk in. You don't even need to know. <laughs> I was like, just go climb in his bed. It's probably fine. And then she's like, all right. And then she just goes for it. In the future. <laughs> Is that good or no? In the future. Be a good friend. I, I would that just, was good. What no, do you mean? Send him at least a pretty girl. Jeez. Damn, she was pretty. <laughs> rude. Conrad's rude. Yeah, rude. 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 Bad friend. In the future. <laughs> I'm not the bad one. Just vet the person a little better. That's all. <laughs> she looked down to fuck. What, what else do you want? <laughs> I mean, is there more? You need like uh, her... Her college degree or what? We've discussed I am not a fuckboy. I need some substance, Melissa. This is why you Since can't just be... Since when do you need this substance? This is why you can't just be sending the devil an eggplant Since... emoji and expecting a hit. <laughs> it works. Does it? I you? need eggplant. <laughs> do right. I get what I need? Yes. <laughs> okay. But anyway, I'm a great wing woman. Yeah, you're, you're the best. Welcome. You're you're the absolute fucking best. Can't wait to experience that again. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the final note of the weekend that's going to carry us into our biggest story. Uh the, all the conversation was wrapped around Poker Go. I don't know if it was a Poker Go decision or a WSOP decision, but basically they announced uh their streaming schedule and the ladies event was not a part of it. Jeff Platt said that the ladies event final table falls on the day or two in between uh the the end of the streaming series and the main event and that it's a whole new crew that goes in. Uh this this part is actually true. I don't know if it has anything to do with the actual decision to not stream the ladies event, but I do know they bring in an entirely separate crew for the main event uh, as they put that product on ESPN or CBS Sports or whatever the fuck they're partnered with this year. Um, with that said, though, it did spark the debate of kind of uh, a lot of voices saying, like, this is why there's no female participation in poker, which led to a response from Daniel kind of saying something to the effect of, I've been a professional poker player for 26 years and throughout the course of that time we've seen a rise and fall a boom and a collapse and at no point in time was it ever a different ratio than the current 95.5 that we see Uh, and I think that that's probably a good place to open up this conversation uh, introduce today's guest officially this time uh, (laughs) Jamie Kerstetter uh, just to, to kind of give a little bit of background as to like why, well, let me rephrase just to give a little bit of reference as to like why I reached out to you specifically to, to talk about this. A, you've been very active in, uh, 
promoting females in this industry, which I think that anybody who follows you is pretty familiar with, uh, and also very good for the industry as a whole. B, we're good friends. And the biggest thing that I wanted to kind of get out of the way when we were talking about this is like, let's have a good faith discussion. Because I think there's a lot of common ground that we agree on, but I think that maybe there are certain points that uh, we might be on opposite ends of the spectrum with. And I don't want to get into a shouting match with somebody. And I also don't want to create like an echo chamber where it's just like, I do all the talking and there's no well, real If feedback. you don't want a shouting match, you could just like roll over. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can warrior me to death, but I will scratch and claw my way out if at all possible. Um, so I guess like the first thing I, I want to... I want to discuss oh no i lost my notes uh the first thing i want to discuss is um well let, let's talk about i guess your reaction to that because i know that you had a pretty strong reaction uh to both daniel's stance and then that general sentiment as a whole uh and i think from there maybe we can just kind of outline areas where you and i agree on a lot of things and then maybe discuss the points of difference yeah okay so it was another tweet that I actually responded to is kelly minkin's tweet oh right i forgot said, about that one. Uh, Nobody wants to watch the ladies' final table or, like, they, they want to watch as much as they want to watch WNBA. Nobody cares, something like that. Yeah. And it was just, like, one of those easy jokes that, like, dudes are going to be like, yeah, fucking yeah, Minkin, I agree. You're not like the other girls. And I'm like, that annoys me because there's no reason. You don't have to watch it. Um, just don't shit on everyone else's, yeah. like, good time. Like, uh, there are women who love that event. Yeah, yeah, um, One of my friends made it a couple years ago when they didn't have it streamed. They had a different, bigger event stream, so it got bumped. Mm -hmm. um, and it was in the corner of Brasilia. I couldn't see my friend. It was, like, 40 people deep. It was insane. There were people in a tournament all crowded around, like, what's, what's the big quotient back there? Because so many people were supporting their friends. Yeah. So I get that it might not get the biggest numbers um, of, like, viewers, as the other tournaments but the people who want to see it are like adamant poker supporters the buzz around the the ladies event the seniors event and the tag team yeah. are all very special and unique at, at a bare minimum to the to the public who is there mm. right like those are the three events that seem to have the deepest rails that kind of incorporate the amateur audience the most mm -hmm. where it's not necessarily uh geared towards putting strictly the the biggest names and the most talent on display like mm -hmm. there, there's a big difference between dean eggs chasing player of the year making a 10k plo final table and the rail that kind of comes for the ladies 1k or the uh seniors event or the tag team um and i think that it, you're right it's it's a very big missed opportunity maybe big is the wrong word but no, it's, it's big because it, it's because of like what comes with that event mm -hmm. it is the most feel-good event like i commentated it with jennifer tilly who had so much fun yeah um and lon mccarran and they were excited to be there and every woman there was like trying so hard it was not i won another million dollars add it to my pile of millions up oh, another trophy another bracelet there was like mm -hmm. no one who was acting like they've been there before there's no yeah. person too cool for that spot and i think even if there's not a ton of people watching, it's really important to put out something very positive like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not faulting PokerGo. If the schedule is what it is and they literally can't do it, um, it's okay. Just like fix it for next year. Yeah. Because they did fix it, uh, whatever it was. It wasn't the fall, but the one before that, I think, where we had a stream. I can't remember, but um, they did fix it. Like the year prior, people were mad and all these women's groups were like, hey, we're really trying here. We're trying to put something out there. Um, that, you know, to kind of sell poker to a greater audience of women. 
Um, and they did listen and they did do it the next year. So. Yeah, I think this is a clear case of low-hanging fruit, right? It's like it may not move the numbers much, if at all, but it's it's a demonstration of like good faith. We and, care. And putting yeah, effort. like yeah. we're listening to you. And for groups like Poker Power, where they're trying to get one million new women to play, mm -hmm. they are doing the outreach for us. Right. We don't have to do like when Daniel's like, oh, we tried everything. I'm like we've tried nothing for the first part. But like there are groups who are working tirelessly to get these people into the game. Yeah. Give them a little assist here and there. Like give them something to root for. Put it on TV. Put it on wherever. Like stream mm -hmm. it. Um, these people will do the promotion for you and get the viewers. Yeah. I wonder if it's too too late for them to possibly change the dates. Mm -hmm. I imagine that it probably is. I think so because people like people plan their schedules okay, and their right. vacations and whatever. I right. Guess, right. So. Right, so like we kind of just have to accept this as an L, but I still think it does open up the, the larger conversation. Is there really nothing that can be done? This is where I'm like, I don't really believe that. It's far enough away um, from that time, and we have other places to stream things from. We don't need to use that set, and we don't need to use those people. Well, what if, would you suggest? If it suggest? was life or death, they could have it at the studio. I'm not sure where the tables are taking place. But they can't. Why? Because it's a Caesars run event and they're not going to go to okay. an But there Aria could be another location, like another Caesars one. I just think if you said to me, is, this is your problem of your life, you need to solve it. We have money, we have well, people, I could solve it. <laughs> they could solve it in the sense that they could, uh, they could, you know, build a temporary set. Like uh, PokerGo or WSOP could incur the cost. Obviously, like Maury's team has the resources, uh, if in a pinch, they need to create another table, another set, another... Like, they could do all of that stuff, I'm sure. If it's ridiculously costly, it's not worth it. It's like, going to be ridiculously costly. I'd rather them fund costly. it in future right. years and just be like, oh, oops. Also, like, I, this is where I don't think it's PokerGo's fault. Maury, if he's in charge, like, he gives women opportunities all the time. Like, he took a real yeah. flyer on me when I'm, like, commenting tiny little events. Like, do the main. I'm like, what? <laughs> that was yeah. him. So I kind of... I just of, think it's, like, an oversight Yeah. that rears its ugly head at the wrong time right because if they had released their screen, stream schedule in march then there's enough time to do something about it you could change mm -hmm. the dates or, or sure. whatever the case may be also i think it's good to have the ladies event close to the main um for the point that you have a bunch of women in town to play satellites to the main for mm -hmm. those megas also give like 10 women 10 to 100k and all of a sudden we have more women playing the ladies event, and every time we have that yeah. there's a chance they make a run like that i feel like it is good to have it not so far from the main but it sucks that probably like one day difference they could have streamed it yeah maybe there will be like some sort of compromise where they can stream it with without whole cards mm -hmm. uh that seems like it might be a possibility because now all they need is the camera crew they don't need actually all the the tech um but yeah, yeah. i don't know i mean uh i, I don't want to say i want to give them the benefit of the doubt because i don't think that's fair but i would say that i think it's probably just an oversight uh which kind of does speak to the to the larger discussion at hand um but before we kind of get into that uh i wanted to just i, I want to get the elephant in the room out of the way so that it doesn't detract from a uh, a more um streamlined conversation uh, basically, I don't want to. I don't want to debate misogyny. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea that anybody's taking the stance that in a male-dominated field, misogyny doesn't exist at scale <laughs> is insane, in my opinion. Um, and whether you currently experience it as a man or not, uh, as far as like witnessing it or whatever, um, means very little to me. Because uh, if you say that you don't see it, uh, I know the Max uh, Pescartelli uh, tweet. It's just like okay, either. You They're don't see it because you turn a blind eye. 
Sorry, what? They're outing themselves as, oh, right. that, that behavior is totally acceptable to me because right. I do that too. One of, the, <laughs> one of the comments was like, oh, I haven't seen harassment. I've seen guys get a little friendly after a few drinks. And I'm like, ew. You know, yeah, I've yeah. seen a guy yeah. pinch a girl's nipple, but I do that all the time. Just, so just a little friendly. I just like rubbed her leg a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what they mean. Like yeah. when they're saying I've never seen it. I'm like, right. oh, you're excusing what you're doing. It's, it means you're, yeah. you have very loose definition the of what it is. is the, the copium is so real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like anybody who's basically saying that they don't see it is either A, turning a blind eye to it or B, probably guilty of it at some micro level themselves and doesn't understand the line between what's okay and what's not. Uh, so uh, I definitely don't want to spend an hour going through every, for instance, of like, well, this is where misogyny exists. And this is because it's like, you're just right. Like, I agree with you. I, I uh, say, say it again, but slower. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, I know that these stories exist. I know that they're real. Uh, I've even personally like witnessed enough of it, um, especially in the private game where it gets really, really convoluted. Would you think that it's more at private games or at low stakes? Because I feel like low stakes, like 1-3 is like where I've seen it the most. I mean, you'll uh, see it at a higher volume at low stakes. I haven't stakes. really played yeah, high higher stakes. Higher volume, so. worse at high stakes. Not right? worse. Oh yeah, way no, worse. Way, way, way worse. worse at high stakes. But it's so convoluted because these girls are being paid a lot of money. Yeah. And like, for instance, uh, I, I took a girl to a private game who was like telling me that she's an atmosphere model for these games and is like looking for a gig, whatever. So I took her to one and uh, you know, she basically got like heavily petted I, I, I exaggerate the petted, but like she was like basically being like over the pants pet for the majority of the night. And I, I was like texting her and DMing her, you know, by the end of the night, I was just like, I, I don't know like what my role is as far as like being or allowing this to happen versus like stepping in and saying like, where's the line? And, you know, effectively she was just like, yeah, it was gross, but like I earned every penny kind of thing. And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's your choice. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't want to yuck your yum. I don't want to be the one to, to overstep here and be like, hey, get your hands off her. Whenever yeah. she's like, look, he just gave me a $1,000 chip. Yeah. Right. He can put his finger wherever he wants. Whoa. Whoa. I think, <laughs> so. uh, well, one tip, if guys like want to do some white knighting, it's like, I don't really want that. Like I, I think, but other people might. But at a table, I can usually handle myself. See, I, I do. always appreciate if a guy is like, are you okay? Or do you want me to say something? Like, yeah. I, I'm like, that is always a good response. Cause then if I'm like, oh, that guy's my friend and we're joking, it's cool. Right. Or if yeah. I'm like, this dude's fucking freaking me out. Can you say yeah. something? I don't mm -hmm. want to be the person to like put myself in danger by like going to tattle on him to the floor. Right. It's I, nice yeah. when a guy like asks. And I feel like that's almost always going to be I feel like I've never well. actually been asked. Usually they just sort of like make eye contact with me. Like we both know <laughs> this guy's a weirdo. But if it's like Conrad at the table, he'll back me up. I love, but I love getting backed up by the mm -hmm. table because that because they're not gonna. A lot of times, the men who do stuff like this, they're not willing to like listen to a woman. Yep. Like they they will <laughs> listen to men around them though because they want to fit in, and part of it is probably already them trying to be cool and like showboat a little for the other guys mm -hmm. at the table because they feel insecure. And they're in they're overcompensating. I'm not gonna lie, I tried to take full advantage of the last time. The last time was really funny because there was this guy who sits down and within. Uh, like five minutes of him sitting down he like 
made a mention of paying me for sex or something. <laughs> and so I knew he was going to be an issue from them. But every time we got in a pot, he was like so intense at me. Like, you don't want to play with me. Like, you have you ever even played cards? Well, and then like at one point I just said, like, why are you doing this? Is it because I'm a woman or what's happening here? And he's just like, no, this is just how I am. And Conrad's like, you've been in a lot of pots versus me. I never heard anything like that from you. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. Nice. That was funny. I wasn't talking about that one. I was talking about the one that, um, Said that he can get you to come up for a drink, and um, oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I know you don't drink, so I was offering him like ten to one. He yeah, I wish, I wish he took that. Close. He would have totally won. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is a fine line, uh, especially like being somebody who may have like reasonable morals or values and is on the outside looking in, between being like the obnoxious table captain who over polices mm -hmm. versus like stepping in where it's very clear. And I think, like, so socially, we can kind of understand. But the problem is, like, as I'm reading these stories, to me, it feels like something that may appear a bit innocuous to an onlooker in real time is actually, like, this gargantuan deal to uh, a lot of females in, in their experience. And that's just really a, a really high bar to set for your fellow man, not because they're not capable of stepping in when appropriate or even uh, being more aggressive with the way that they step in or anything like that. It's more so that like, it's just not communicated to us. And that's certainly not like, I, I think a lot of us as uh, male poker players live by the, the kind of idea of uh, environments and markets kind of like policing themselves. And when something's egregious, we know when to step in. But when something is like on that line between gray or, or between black and white and is like very gray, it, we're, we're just kind of like, I don't know. And it's like, yeah, if I know you, I can send you a text, right? And I could just be like, are you okay? Kind of thing. Well, this is a suggestion I have that wouldn't be that hard to implement is if every major poker room has just a number you could text that will get to a floor person. Mm -hmm. Like, because a few times I've been in a spot, like there was only one really bad incident and it got solved because like DJ McKinnon white knighted for me and followed the guy out behind him he was following me to the parking lot three in the morning yes, yes, DJ. super fucked up um <laughs> if there was a phone number that you could text and it's going to go to a floor person and you could just be like hey uh seat five is being real weird with the dealer yeah, yeah. He is like the dealer is there they cannot leave and he is making passes he's touching her hand yeah. like that's the thing where like it's it's very obvious if you get up go talk to the floor then the floor comes over and is like sir i need to talk to you it's like right. then well, you put a target Jamie on just you tattled. instead it's like you could text the exact situation that's happening and be like could you kind of hover over at our table and like maybe excuse this guy if he can't handle himself yeah there's also just cameras too mm -hmm. so like if they want to check and see if they're like you're lying or not there's literally <laughs> yeah. evidence everywhere yeah. in the casino and i think that would be really great same thing with like cocktail waitresses it's like whatever harassment that i've endured like I know it's 1% of what the yeah, people who are exactly. wearing skimpy clothes because of their job or the person who is captive there. And while, yeah, like, guys they're forced are all, to like, be nice to them. We're yeah, not like yeah. we can be assholes back to them and, yeah, and exactly. we're not going to get like, fired. The dealers are depending on tips. So like they don't want to be the person who's like floor, get this guy out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right. In your experience uh, with, <laughs> with when these scenarios present themselves, how often would you say that the, uh, the person guilty of the act is sober? like drinking definitely contributes it's a lot right it definitely contributes i also think uh the fact that a lot of people are on vacation and they're in Ve vegas especially is like oh yeah. what happens here stays here yeah. it's like i live here I, and like I no, no you're touching me here. doesn't just go home with you like yeah. you're gross like that's definitely uh the atmosphere is a little more rough yeah like, it's kind of brutal because uh i know you and i were talking about this a little bit uh off air but 
there's this other fine line that isn't really addressed, but but is just kind of true, is that small stakes is very unbeatable according to the rake if you don't have people losing 30 big blinds mm-hmm. per 100. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, the people who are losing 30 big blinds per 100 are taking a lot of liberties with social norms. Yeah. Because they know they're the whale. They can do it. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, um, I, I don't think anybody should be exploiting uh others for their benefit in that regard especially when it's not like you get compensated according to the to to your tolerance level right yeah so like if you're the woman getting pet by some random creep it's not like you get the majority of the money that he's dusting off right like you're you're doing it for the greater good of everybody at the table and that's not really acceptable or tolerate uh needing to be tolerated um but it does become a thing where it's like well how far do we go with policing this like do we start to make games sober do we stop serving drinks after a certain time don't do that no just let people like people it's it's similar to calling the clock like there shouldn't be a stigma about calling the clock on people yeah it moves the game along it won't be so hurtful to people's egos that have the clock on them if we just do it more regularly yeah same thing with calling out bullshit like when someone's being weird a guy should be like you're being fucking weird dude i mean it doesn't even have to be like such a serious thing like i've honestly had like fun trolling guys like that with the other guys at the table that's like the it play, turns in into like opinion. a joke yeah. and then you're all making fun of this idiot for being an <laughs> idiot and then he realizes like oh I, this is not like socially acceptable behavior mm-hmm. but like then it turns that negative experience into like a positive one where you're bonding with the rest of the table over how dumb this guy is and it's like funny. <laughs> i love that moment isn't it's that, so funny isn't that what yeah. we're all doing right now with berkey yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure why do you invite me (laughs) comic relief obviously um yeah so i i guess like all right uh i'll kind of stick a pin in that because uh, i want to just make it abundantly clear that like we're all in agreement that a lot more can be done a lot of heavy lifting can be done there are solutions out there that can make these uh mixed company environments a lot more tolerable and i think that that's a good term to start to normalize too right like uh, it's kind of a term that I learned in college going to bars where a group of guys speak a certain way around themselves. And, uh, you know, I've had bartenders step into those conversations and be like, look, you just don't talk that way in mixed company. Meaning like when there are females around that you don't know, you're just not able to speak with the same Liberty. I'm not saying it was directed at me or anything along those lines, but like, you know, uh, misogyny is is always going to exist, unfortunately, to some level, and it is a societal problem, not not a poker problem. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of heavy lifting that can be done by teaching people how to just act better and like more humane in mixed company, like treating treating uh, all genders with with equal respect. And I think this is even a bigger conversation now as we move into uh, an era where. Uh, you know, as a society, we've become a lot more open and accepting of transgenders and uh, people who don't necessarily identify any one particular way, right? Like, we need to be able to welcome everybody with open arms uh, and really only scrutinize people based off of their wallet. Like, because at the end of the day, that's the name of the game, right? It's it's a battle of wits and wagers where the only thing that should qualify or disqualify you is your ability to ante up. Um I, I just wanted to, I basically just wanted to get all that out of the way because uh, I think that that could be a big distraction whenever we're talking about all of these other points where, uh, you know, it's easy to point and say like, well, these companies are run by men and the audience is men and yada, yada, yada. It's like, yes, we definitely agree. A lot of this can change. Um, so moving more so into the conversation that I'm interested in having, because I think that there 
could potentially be some level of growth uh, that can be spurned of it. And it's kind of like piggybacking off what you said about Daniel's tweet of we've tried everything and failed and you kind of eye rolling at that. I'm a little bit more on the side of, of that where I do think that uh, a lot of the most common marketing tactics have been tried and there's very little uh, that hasn't been tried to pull in the female market that was successful in pulling but in the that, male market. That's my main thing is like, give me a specific, like what, what has been tried? How, give me a specific instance where a lot of money has been put behind something or a lot of man hours have been put behind something um, instead of just a, well, we made a GPI ladies award. Like I, I appreciate that, but no, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's uh, actually like I think that those are, those are easy things to point to. So like <laughs> uh, ladies events, GPI female player of the year award, things like that that are very gender specific are obviously marketing tactics that are not being employed to men. Um, but ladies events generate rake and pay for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that they're, uh, that, well, they're still probably losing some, but. I don't think so, because they have events running alongside it as well. I think they probably end up making more money by offering, like, uh, the. Maybe. Um, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess without looking at, at stats, it would be tough to know. But anyway, most events are going to be pretty close to, to zero for the, for the house, with the exception of, like, the main and uh, the, the majors. But, um, Th those are just like tactics that are, are specifically targeting women. Uh, and I agree with you. Like it's, it's not that impressive. It's not like there's a ton of resources being poured into that. It's low hanging fruit. It's an easy idea. Mm. Um, but I do think that like throughout the course of the boom from like Oh three to call it black Friday, uh, there was a lot of equivalent rev uh, representation. I don't want to say equal representation in the sense that there were as many female ambassadors or money being poured into female players as there were men, but there was an equivalent amount in the sense that if the ratio was 10 to one or nine to one or eight to one, something like that, that was reflective, if not a better ratio upon uh, examining the, the representation of these sites. But what, what is that money being spent on? women's market wait what do you mean when you're saying there's outreach that was equivalent to like the five to eight percent of us yeah if five to eight percent of us is being spent uh five to eight percent of the money is being spent on women how like what do you mean by that because i think something that like i i think daniel and other people would think is actually marketing to women is really marketing to men when every female pro is like hot in 25 it starts to be like okay i do think a lot of these women are great ambassadors for the game but it tends to be like still marketing towards men. Like there have been very few, like we talked about it last night. No, 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 no. there's very... way more of a spectrum. Any Duke, you... so, so it ranged not only just in age, but mm -hmm. in, uh, in all, all physical capacities, um, everything from, uh, like if we, if we look pre-Black pre Friday, I think that's the most important time. The, the biggest female ambassadors were Jen Harmon, Annie Duke, uh, Annette Oberstead, Vanessa Selps, Vanessa Russo, um, Livbury, um, I'm trying to think, uh, I guess Erica Lingren for a short period of time. And like Erica would be the one that I would specifically say was very much marketed uh, specifically for a sex appeal. I, I can recall her being on like a late night 
show that there's was like a striptease show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a yeah, pretty yeah. cool person, but like I, I no, don't want to like but... nitpick and be like, this person's hot and this one isn't. Like, not no, that. No, no, that wasn't what I was trying it's to get. It's more at. like in the last, <laughs> unless Smash you guys want to do it, you want to get Smash down to brass tacks, let's go. Smash your pass. That was what I was getting at. I was no, getting at more so like. In the last 10 years, it's like, it's really taken a turn. Agreed. Yeah, but I'm trying to say like, this is when people are like, we've tried everything. I'm like, this just is not true. Like, I agree wholeheartedly with your sentiment. I want to make the counter argument though, that they did try for the first 10 years of the boom and saw no growth. So it only makes sense to pivot into a targeted mar uh, market. I just don't agree. Like I kind of want to see uh, when Daniel says up, oh, it's always been five to 8%. I'm like, I find that really hard to believe. We've been uh, interviewing Doyle Brunson for um, basically like a documentary. Mm -hmm. He could name the women who played with him back in the day. There were three. Like he would just be like, "Oh, yeah. this person was good at stud. This girl had money from oil and whatever." And like he literally could name the three. So I'm like, "I'm sorry. I think we have grown at some point. Like oh, during he, the boom or something. Like something has happened." And I would really like to see an accurate. It's um, it's all proportional though. Like when Doyle played, there was only hundreds of poker players. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, three of them were women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but also, mean, like, this is a very, there but is also a Daniel's difference. talking about basically since the boom. So mm -hmm. maybe a few years prior. Um, I, I think that, I think the ratio, well, to be fair, we would have to agree somewhat on the ratio. Like whether we want to say it's, it's consistently been 95, five or that there's been like one degree of, or one standard deviation off of that 5%. So call it like anywhere from three to 8%. Mm -hmm. Uh, throughout the course of the last 20 years. Uh, we definitely have to come to some agreement, though, that the ratio has been heavily skewed male. <laughs> There's but, no but, argument there. But, like, not yeah. simple majority, not, like, 75-25. Mm -hmm. Like, we're nowhere near, at least everything that I've seen, we're nowhere near double digits mm -hmm. uh, as far as, like, female uh, participation. Except for online poker. Yes, so that's that's kind of the unique outlier. So I've heard numbers as big as, like, 22%. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My dog is about to eat Conrad. I'm so sorry. He's mad Come at here, Conrad. Dude is not happy with Conrad. Um, yeah, he said, "Don't talk to my woman." <laughs> Come here, baby. Come here. It'd be nice if we could at least give him a shot. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Come here. Let's get a shot. Um, yeah. So I, I have read numbers as high as like 22% for online, and that does beg the question then of. Uh, or, or maybe not beg the question, but it, it kind of presents the option that there are a lot more barriers than maybe we're acknowledging to live poker. Mm. Obviously, the misogyny is part of it because that's going to exist less if not completely removed online. Um, but there's also the element of a much lower barrier of entry cost-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can play as low as you know one cent, two cent. I'm sure that those statistics are pulling from every single real money game, not just like starting at a hundred dollar buy-in or something like that. There's also like women are often the primary caregivers. Correct. Everyone should look at Newt, he's cute. Um, <laughs> as I'm like the primary caregiver, I'm like, yes, mine is just a dog, but I still elect to play online poker way more than live because of him. Yeah. Um, and I think also a lot of women are very busy and have time constraints that they don't want to go play a three day, 12 hour day tournament. Right. Or they might want to, but can't. Um, whereas online, they can sit and play like when they're done with work, they're done with whatever other responsibilities there are. Mm -hmm. But I'm bringing that up because one of the most annoying arguments where people just throw their hands up and go, well, there's nothing we could do is our brains are just different. Our like little girl brains don't like math. And that makes me really annoyed because it's just like, if that's really what people want to go by, then what does it matter? Don't even try then. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I, I think that like trying to, like we should all be operating from the 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 
standpoint that this is not a physical sport. So mm -hmm. there's nothing differentiating males from females uh, as far as like ability or capability or anything like that goes. Uh, I think that the argument that I would present is that it just comes down to general interest and that interest seems to be incredibly low in the female population. I mean, it's I cultural too. It's, yes. it's when you think about when men start getting into poker, they usually are having home games with their friends and you know, that's like a bonding thing and it's a social thing. And for what, like, I never ha was invited to a girl's poker home right. game yeah. growing right. up. Like and, that, we, and we gambling, didn't do that. Gambling is a thing where I like, I have always done guy stuff. I was a tomboy. I yeah. played baseball instead of softball. My dad was like, okay, you're a weird kid. Go play with the boys. Don't care. Like yeah. they, my parents were really cool about stuff like that. Um, but I just didn't gamble. I, we didn't play poker really. And I remember the first time walking to a casino by myself being like, what is wrong with me? Like, I just felt like, what am I doing? Like, this just feels wrong. I had never done a Super Bowl pool or like some uh -huh. March Madness thing. So I was just like, uh, is this something I should be doing? Um, and I feel like that is a high barrier when you feel like yeah. society is just like, yo, you're like stepping out here when you're right. trying to it play is. poker. It is like stepping out of cultural norms. Mm -hmm. Like for me, my dad like was a huge gambler and I was really close with him. So that was something that like, we related on, I think, and sort of always reminded me of him. So that like pushed me more towards it. And, and I, always, I never thought it was like a bad thing. I always mm -hmm. kind of was like, this is just what people do. But I think that there's a little bit more of like that cultural barrier and like stigma for girls to get into it and to like, it's just like, no, I don't know any gr groups of girlfriends who have home games, but I know so many groups of, yeah. of guy friends who have home games growing up. So it's like, when a woman gets into poker, it's usually like later in life. It's not really at the same time as most men, I think. And you have to really want to do it. And that's something where I'm like, I'm proud of really wanting to do it. I'm proud yeah. of like overcoming some things that are pretty annoying. The feeling of being really intimidated and getting over it is valuable. Yeah. I also think there's a reason I really like women who play poker. They have a lot more in common with me than uh, an average woman, I think, because I do respect that where you're like, I'm not going to let someone like say something mean to me I'm not gonna play anymore like I'm yeah. not gonna do that my problem with it is when people do the like survivorship bias thing like well I overcame this I did this and you right. should have to do it too I'm like why are we hazing new There's players so much let them play poker bias. like I want my mom to be able to sit down and play she doesn't have that same attitude like yeah. I want people to be nice to her when she plays she's gonna lose she's happily losing she happily loses at blackjack yeah. it's also just um, like not cool to be an asshole yeah. and like I'm <laughs> yes, you know I'm never gonna about, think that that's like yes. cool or we talk normal. about the bottom line too much with yeah. this topic where I'm like we all want new players in the game our bottom lines get better with new players but how about just don't be an asshole like there's value in that too yeah. even if it doesn't make you more money right um it's still just like the right thing to do and you should want people to be happy when they play poker with you yeah so. all, all of that's true I, I don't think anybody would ever disagree with any points that you guys are, or you girls are making in this particular instance i think that these are the defaults that we're operating off of people are assholes people are misogynistic there is a higher barrier of entry for women than men financially, uh, from the caregiver standpoint, as you mentioned, uh, lack of other successful models, and then most importantly, a lack of community and or social norm that allows them to enter. So that's being fixed. That's the thing where I really think people need to give it time. Um, honestly, like when I first was starting to play poker, I was the only woman playing and I felt very out of place. And I was like, if I do something stupid, everyone at the table is going to notice and say something because they're mm -hmm. watching what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel like that anymore. And I feel like there's a lot of older women in the game who have communities, even just from Facebook, like yeah. a yeah. disorganized kind of one. Yep. 
There's also like WPA has been around forever, Poker League of Nations, Poker Power. It There is now community. There are like women who live together in the summer and play together. Yeah. When I played in Rosarito, I, I, I moved for a year and a half after Black Friday. I was so jealous of like the big grindhouse where I'm like, man, there's like eight guys living together and they're all like supportive of each other. And it's like, wow, he's making a run. Let's all watch. There's probably some light ghosting happening. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> but it was hard to find that. It took me a while to like feel like, oh, these people are safe people to live with. Yeah. These are my friends. They, they want the best for me. I'm not, they're not just trying to have sex with me. These are like, that's a thing where like every woman will have it cross their mind at some point yeah. if you're having yeah. that. But that makes it hard to like assimilate into the community. I think some of these efforts by women's groups are going to be massive, but they're not overnight. I, I agree. I, I think that the women's groups are amazing, specifically Poker Power, because I think that they're approaching it from a root cause mm-hmm. uh analysis and solution standpoint uh the the bigger point i'm trying to make is not that those things don't exist within the community they do and you're right they're growing and they're making it a safer space once you've been indoctrinated Mm -hmm. into poker the the pushback i have is the getting women in the door there's such a general lack of interest Right. Like it would be different if we saw the numbers spike and fall, spike and fall, spike and fall, where it's like clearly they got introduced to poker and had a really distasteful experience and left or they didn't find their community or they didn't find. You wouldn't know that. That's where this is where I want to push back on that. You wouldn't know if some woman came and played one, two and got grabbed and left and never played again. They're not showing up in a stat. Well, we would know it live, but we would know it. But there's a lot of people like that. Like you don't really know what MTT was. Okay, but you wouldn't for like, but a lot of people don't start out with an MTT. Like, I feel yeah. like a lot of people, I started playing, I played 2-4 uh, right? Limit, which yeah. is actually, it's a high barrier of entry to, like, start playing FTTs unless you're no, playing No, no, quite the opposite, whatever. I think. There's, like, dailies, like, like Yeah, I, I, I think the barrier of entry for MTTs uh, is I don't much know, lower. maybe you guys are different, but, like, almost everyone I know started out by being like, oh, well, there's old. a poker game, I'm yeah. walking in here, Same. it's, yeah, it's 4 p.m., I'll throw $100 in and play 2-4 right. Limit. But, like, but we're very old, we started that way because that was what was yeah, most available. Yeah, speak for yourself, you're very old. I'm not in my 40s yet, that's crazy. MTTs were like unicorns whenever we first got introduced yeah. to the game where now it's actually like the lowest barrier of entry and it's the biggest growth metric that we see mm. cash games are absolutely dying day over day and MTTs are growing and the barrier of entry continually gets lower like you can go to the Venetian anytime a series is running and play like a two or three hundred dollar mm. buy-in with 50k up top but I'm saying we're not it's not like we have this like we're not gathering data on every single woman who's ever come to a poker room. So like if she played a $60 nightly, we're not like, okay, Hen and Mob had 20% interest in Like they're not even tracking it. I think that like there, there probably have been a lot of women who tried and had a bad experience and left. I think uh, Libore made a tweet that was about basically um, like women have to be, th- some of these um, like STEM and poker and gaming and chess People need to be obsessed with it to get to the top. Like you have to try so fucking hard to get to the top. Um, But my point to that is that you, that's to make it a profession. You don't know when you're starting, you want to make it a profession. Like you go and you try something you might be interested in. Does it fit or not? Like, did I enjoy this or not? Do I have potential in this or not? The obsession grows over time. So if you don't even get introduced to it because you think it's not a thing you're supposed to be doing because of society or whatever, um, that's a problem. And then also if the first time you walk in there, you're like, whoa, I don't belong. Look at everyone around me. I don't look like these people and I'm getting treated weird. You don't get the chance to spark an obsession you don't yeah. get to win a tournament your first time out and be like oh wow like i'm meant for this they, there's people getting turned away at the door for sure um and we have to work on that 
There definitely is, and it's for a lot of the reasons that by default we were talking about. I, I want to talk a little bit about the Live Bree tweet because I, I think that um, perhaps you, you might be misinterpreting or only interpreting par partial whenever you take that stance. Um, you're correct that obviously uh, the obsession aspect is what allows you to rise, but I don't think anybody's making the argument that we need greater representation in the high stakes. Like We actually have an okay ratio there, all things considered with how few women participate in the game to begin with. I think Liv's better or, or bigger point is that when it's very clear from the onset that there's no path forward, there's there's no uh there's no real clear identity in leveling up and being not even elite, but winning, basically, right? Because the challenge of poker is that the vast majority of people lose. And hubris has gotten us to a point where people keep coming and and throwing money at the at the wall and hoping something sticks eventually uh, and maybe that's actually another reason to speak as to why it's so male dominated because they're just so much more arrogant and stupid when it comes to making these decisions i, mean, I honestly I, just think it's like it's just the way it it's the way it started and it's really hard to completely change like cultural norms like that's right. just kind of a silly battle to I, I it's just it's, i don't think it'll ever be that 50 -50. part i agree with what, like, what i'm saying i don't lives... think 50 50 it's gonna be slow but that's the thing i'm like throwing your hands up be like we've tried everything i'm like i mean i just think really? i think we're on the trajectory of like more women doing male dominated things mm -hmm. in general not just poker but i just feel like it's sort of is happening naturally and like i don't know i i don't know that it it's really hard to just like make women want to play poker. There's yeah. stuff you could do though. Featuring like uh, the creator game is a really good example. Like WPT is willing to put money into this. Like yeah. they sponsored an event. It cost them 55K. They gave 5K buy-ins to 10 people and also a 5K bonus for the winner. Mm -hmm. Half the table were female. I'm commentating on it. It didn't even occur to me till the end when I'm starting to think about these things. I was like, wow, half the table were female. Yeah. They're all just like, get, like, like ribbing each other and having a good time. Yeah. Um, and like... Alexandra Botez's chat had it open on Twitch. She had 28,000 people watching. Mm -hmm. They're all being nice to each other. Yeah. And they're like, wow, poker looks fun. I'm like, doesn't it? I wish it always looked like this. I think featuring that stuff is really good because it gives you a model of like, you can act like this. There's yeah. no reason that we're all like these sullen, angry characters at the table. Like you you guys, I'm sure have fun. Like I've played with Conrad. MGM is like, yeah. you guys are having we a good time. A party. I clearly can see you having fun. Like there's no reason why we can't market to women in that way. That yeah. like, look, we're not all jerks and like we will have a good I mean, time. That would be and good marketing for just anyone. Not that's, just yeah. that's what I was going to say yes. is I, I think that I, I think that's conflating it a little bit because the the fact is that's still a massively male dominated audience and yes it's great for acquisition as a whole for marketing poker but i don't think that a woman who's never had any exposure or interest in poker whatsoever looks at something like that and suddenly pulls a total 180 and like oh, finds her way i completely disagree with that like you're seeing women doing playing a game there's no stigma attached there's not oh my god they're gambling shouldn't they be taking care of their children there's none of that. they're but like, like they're you having... yourself said you didn't even realize that there was half the table yeah were women. because it was so like normal that's what i'm saying like you're you're like oh it's a very normal thing for these women to be playing in this game sure rather than like you look at rounders like i love brian Koppelman. i love rounders um the two female characters, one is the wet blanket girlfriend being like, you shouldn't gamble and just terrible at every turn. And then Petra, <laughs> who's like, I'm the hot girl that like gives out loans at the cashier. Like, that's it. There's no woman playing poker. There's no, oh, I see myself 
in this role, I like there isn't that, and I that, do think that matters a lot. Like yeah, to but take that, away that's the kind of the point. Uh, that, that's kind of the point that like I think all of us are trying to demonstrate. Rounders was made in 1998. Landon's never even seen Rounders, so it's not <laughs> like it's a. Three times. It's not like it's a heavy <laughs> influence on today's uh, acquisition of new players, and the data still remains the same. So it's like we have had a major, major progressive shift in society as a whole. Whenever it comes to like making strides against misogyny and uh, you know disqualifying women from these male-dominated arenas and things like that, but the actual interest level hasn't hasn't caught up yet. And I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you that it won't someday. I'm I'm hopeful that like it will. Nothing. This we've all right. This is the problem that I see with like people and companies want to like do something and have it be a magic bullet, and it's like. I did this thing, I press this button and boom, 100 new women. That's ridiculous. Like that's never going to happen. Um, and I think that some of this stuff might take like four or five years. Poker power might reach a million women. It might take five years, might take 10 years. Sure. Um, I just think that like throwing up our hands and saying nothing is working, nothing has ever worked is like the most defeatist and like depressing attitude. And uh, like that is like, there's no secret me and Daniel and Negron don't love each other. Um, but that from him was really annoying because yeah. I'm like, your people listen to you. They care about what you have to say. And you're basically saying, eh, like why try? And like for, for me, I'm like, that's just super lazy and a bummer. And we have a bunch of people who think it is worth it to try. There's people who are building companies over trying to get women into poker. And you're kind of saying like, eh, it'll never happen. I'm like, why be the wet blanket on this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't think the stance, uh, I'm, I'll separate myself from Negrano because I, I don't agree with that, obviously. I don't think the stance is don't try. I think the stance is more so uh, pushing, a ba push, pushing back against the, the strongly heard voice that says poker isn't trying and that there's this entire untapped market that nobody seems to give a shit about. Because that part I disagree with. Like, I think poker power is a great example of people trying now granted it's female led mm -hmm. and you can make the implication that like they're doing the heavy lifting and men are not picking up uh or, or following suit but i have a high degree of confidence that poker power and these other upstarts are going to find collaborations coordinations partnerships with major entities moving forward and that is trying but if that number doesn't move and or doesn't move quickly enough i i think it's very unfair to continually finger wag and say, we're not being addressed as a community. There are females here that are just ripe for the picking and ready to come in. It's overlooking that poker as a whole has a tragic, tragic acquisition problem. And the model built to bring in new people to this game is fundamentally broken post Black Friday, post solver poker. We are, we're in a community that is going to be contracting, not expanding. And there's, so then they should, instead of our biggest ambassador saying, like, it'll never change, why bother? He should be saying, thank you for doing something. No one else is sure. acquiring new users. No one else is bringing in new blood. Like, thanks, Poker Power, for getting some women in. That yeah. should be the message instead of a defeatist attitude. And, like, I really don't appreciate that when I see my friends working really hard. Um, I'm pitching to a company. I got hired a year ago. I'm working with, like, WPT. And it's not easy to say, hey, I want a budget for a thing that won't, 
provide you any money back for a while. That's mm -hmm. not easy. I'm not like, they would much rather me have an idea that's like, this will make you millions. And they're listening. I'm working with men who are like, yeah, like that, that seems like a good idea. Daniel White, the dealer, just had an idea for a women's meetup game where every woman brings someone who's somewhat new to the game. Mm -hmm. And we play low stakes and we're going to have incentives and WP's willing to put money into it where they're like, yeah, we'll have some like splash pots and things. Um, we'll have gear giveaways and things like that. I had MGM uh, offered. They were like, we'll do it. We'll do it. So like, we're going to see if there's a time we could do it during ladies week. That really feels like real support. That's not the um, lip service that yeah. other companies have paid. That's not patching up a really beautiful girl and being like, this is for you women. I'm like, I'm happy that they're sponsored. It's not for me though. <laughs> like, yeah. right. If you patch up Chippendales models, I'll believe you. Right. Like I don't see, need to see the wax saying, chest, but I'll believe that you that you are trying to see, market Melissa to made me. that point. And I was like, where's the shirtless man, <laughs> male stripper Because tournament. it's misguided, but it would be. It, it, <laughs> but I'm just gross. Like don't listen no, to me. No, I'm about. also gross, please. But honestly, that would be, that would be a really dumb effort, but it would at least be, I'd be like, you tried. Like yeah. that 10K you to tried. patch up that guy, uh, you tried to get me interested in poker. No, like, I disagree though. I disagree because it's it doesn't actually target women. If anything, like you're trying to target gay men, maybe at that point. But <laughs> what? Oh Dude, what? A girls and gays tournament is sounds this so hilarious. Fun. Like this is my <laughs> that's an idea. Yes. Now that's an idea. I think we can sink our teeth yes, into. Yes, girls and gays. Yeah, but, but you're very black and white. With, I'm not being black and white. No, I'm just saying marketing. Are, like, no, marketing tactics as a whole kind of demonstrate that like female-based products are not sold through sex. Like that, that's just not the highest yeah. uh, bar of marketing. So it's like to draw a one-to-one -one comparison like, to two very different gender types. I'm, I'm just saying it would have been a thing where I'm like, they're trying. Like that's what I'm saying. You can't even point to a thing where like they're trying. Like that's not fair. You're just trying to find like one-to-one -one equal apple to apple comparisons where it's like, it's no, going I'm trying to, be to find one new. thing, literally one thing. Like there was stars. You have, you have one thing. They have ladies events at the World Series. That's a thing. They make money through that. So what? They have seniors events too. They why, make why money Why should they be criticized that. for making money through their marketing I'm not criticizing efforts. them for offering that. No, but you're saying it doesn't count. I'm saying that that is not some like, wow, Herculean effort that they're offering a money-making service. <laughs> like this is what I'm saying. When people but say we've tried everything. they're offering money-making service also when they patch up women. What? Right, like those women are expected to bring in money based off of their looks. They're going to bring in new acquisitions. Based it's off an of their looks. Say it again. Based off of their looks. I'm not Men trying... are the audience. I Men understand. are the target. Right, because ninety-five plus percent of this. Yes, audience... it doesn't have to be that way. This is what I'm saying. You're arguing in circles where it's like I'm not yes, arguing in circles. No, you're saying marketing is towards females, and I'm saying no, no, no. no. It's not. I'm saying marketing what... is towards males. Yes. I said that. I said <laughs> post Black that, Friday. Like, if there was a shirtless dealer thing, like hmm. the that would be marketed. It would be a sex appeal marketing campaign, yeah. which is like most effective towards men. Yeah, right? it wouldn't be good, but it would actually be something you could point to and I'm said in. they spent money but, trying why, to why attract Why would you call you. that a win? It's, I'm not it's, calling it a win. Uh, listen, this is like a toy game kind of. Like I'm saying that would be a very dumb effort, but it would actually be a spend where you could say they attempted to reach women. All I'm asking is show me where money has been spent to actually reach women in poker. And but I have, I, I have. They there was there was years of propping Annette Oberset up as the next Tom Dwan. There were years spent with Annie Duke being the head of uh, right. or the face. I of have Ultimate a new Bet. question then. 
since Landon was born. <laughs> this, is, this, is what, this is what you keep tuning out. I'm telling you that post Black Friday, as the market shrunk, operators said, okay, we did 10 years of testing and women were not responsive to our marketing efforts. So we are going to instead hone in on the market that we've established. This is, this is how everything works. When we run a training site, we know what our target audience is. It's 30 to 40 something year old white men in the Midwest. We don't suddenly start targeting like golfers in the in the northeast who have zero overlap with our audience right but you've also said there's a major acquisition problem in poker so we're targeting men and that's not working either so should well, we give it, up on that should well, we all just like stop and we all play with people we already know and never have anyone new no, like there, it, there's no reason not to try it is what i'm saying there's new ways well to there try, is a reason to not and there's try more women in like executive roles in poker than there ever have there's been. a big reason not to try there there it's a huge spend yeah. And and the cost is high. So should we give up? No, of course not. But marketing efforts are going to get more and more and more streamlined super to reduce easy to the cost. This is what I'm saying. Like I'm working for a company that's willing to put some money behind it. It's not as much as you would think. It's not crazy. And it's like these the women who've grown groups, grassroots efforts are doing all the legwork. We just have to give them an assist. It would mean a lot if you went, okay, they're having a huge World Poker Association, uh, Women's Poker Association event right now. Uh, the the winner of it can have a solve for Y seat. Even just doing I, that, I did this with with uh, Poker Power. I, I told yeah, Schwann on air, great. like I would I would love to do anything with them, and I think supporting these groups are massive. Yeah, but you you have that. to recognize that they're not crossing the barrier of entry. Nothing about Poker Power em empowers these women to have more expendable income. Nothing about poker power is going to remove the misogyny in live poker. So there are still these massive right, barriers. So two things I couldn't respond to both of those. The first one, they're targeting a specific type of woman um, who is in corporate America. They're targeting women who will have expendable income and who have type A personalities. That's a lot of like what they're doing. I think that's going to be extremely effective because these are people who are not going to quit very easily. Sure. I still think we shouldn't haze people who are new at poker, but if that's how it is and it's hard to change that quickly, these women are going to be able to withstand right, that. Like they're going to cherry pick the best of the best. A hundred percent. What sure. was your second point? Because I want to shoot that too. Well, I mean, <laughs> you did. It, it's, it's one and the same. I'm basically yeah. saying like you're not going to change the environment overnight. Oh, uh, oh my, my point was when people make the point to just talk about live poker, I don't really understand why we're making that distinction. More women in poker, it's okay if they're playing online. Like, I just don't want there to be like, well, a, a, whole, like a stigma around it. But so, that's kind of a whole s a s separate conversation where it's like online is not not on the uptick. <laughs> like there, there's a big, yeah. big, If their big, goal is to have more expendable income, probably live is the, the way no i think that. that women should just get to use rta i feel like <laughs> yeah, that's uh, no but Wait, that's we the other do. Thing. you don't have it i'll send it to you <laughs> that's the other thing i think that if we were to filter data uh for sustainable stakes where you can begin to make a living i think the i think the fall off goes from like call if it's say 92 8 right now or say online is like 80 20 i think it drops into like the low single digits so like once you break like the the hundred dollar buy-in plus I would imagine that it falls somewhere to like the 98-2 type of split. And this is a lot of what we see in the YouTube audiences. Like when, when you're talking about uh, all of the content that's out there that is, uh, you know, both entertaining, but also meant to improve uh, people's ability to win. Those audiences are like 98-2, 99-1 across the board. And as much as like, I want to support uh, groups like poker power and, and i do support them i think like the bigger thing that poker power accomplishes long term is not growing 
the game of poker for women necessarily, but more so opening doors uh, for women in the STEM uh, industries and poker and chess and like all these competitive arenas that are heavily male dominated. I think that what ends up happening is like we see some of the best and brightest come from that group of 1 million. And we do see systematic change over the long run based off the fact that they're able to elevate. That's a totally different conversation though from what can poker do better to acquire new users specifically female right that's like I mean, within they, poker it's not really like addressing the acquisition of women outside of poker who like just aren't interested or they don't care. know how to start or whatever it's just sort of like but but on the same token it's also not being advertised to like anybody outside of poker right now right so like maybe if we were in an era where there were advertisements on TV and stuff, I'm sure we would see some like badass women in the commercials and whatever, but we're just not having commercials anymore. I kind of think black men and, or not just men, black men and women as well, have the same exact problem kind of. There's, there's fewer black uh, African-American people in poker. Than, that I, was I actually way just better read, way to say that. Good yeah. job, wow. Bernie. Uh, oh my God. I was reading an article... Uh, <laughs> I think it was on Card Player. I can't remember the woman's name who wrote it, but uh, she basically gave the breakdown of female participation in poker and then minority uh, participation in poker. I wish I would have cited it, but uh, I, I just happened to glance real quickly before stream. Um, but basically it showed that even the ladies event has decreased in numbers year over year with the exception of 2019, which was the year they allowed one rebuy. So there was a massive spike in 19, but it's likely because Wait, there was rebuys the last ladies event. Yeah, a couple of them. They've had one one rebuy allowed. There I are because I rebought. <laughs> yeah, it was one, one rebuy one in, in 2019. There, there are certain things that have happened though that like I think that actually you, there's like a, always a correlation causation problem. Sure. And like we all speculate from our own worldviews what's happening. Mm -hmm. Part of that though is like one one or two times the monster stack overlapped. And a lot of people get through and women are more likely to play that event. There are a lot of women in that event. Yeah. I was yeah, yeah. I, like, this is actually, this is one of my favorite days. Cause like I bagged, I bagged that. And I was so sad missing the ladies event, even though I play all these other events that I was just walking through the room and I'd be like, you have a fire in your eyes. Can I take a piece? Like, I'm buying pieces of, like, everyone's grandma. I, used to I do made that with no dollars. <laughs> I had very bad reads of, like, yeah. who I thought looked like a, a good player. Um, but that I think I spent $1,000 buying pieces of people just because I had FOMO so bad because yeah, that event is so unique. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Um, it yeah. actually did demonstrate that there was growth in the main event, but it was, it was, uh, it was corollary to the numbers just rising. So like the, the percentage of women was still relatively the same, but there was more volume of females playing the main event, which is good, uh, though it probably has some byproduct to the fact that like 10K is not worth what 10K used to be worth. So the barrier of entry may not be quite as high. Um, but the whole point I was trying to make was that when you got to the minorities, uh, well, specifically uh, African-Americans and uh, Latinos, uh, I think that it was like, if I recall the stat correctly, and I could be wrong, but I think half as many uh african americans play poker than women and then only like one percent of the community is latino so uh it does kind of beg the question too of like and i get why it's it's because you know we're talking about a whole gender rather than uh a, a, a race but nobody talks about uh, not doing enough to target minorities yeah. whenever it comes to bringing in the new acquisitions. And again, like I, I'm going to keep doubling down on this because I think it is, it's worth it. It's like, we have 
a decade, decade and a half of data that just says our target target audience is X. And golf is like the same way, unfortunately, right? It's very exclusionary. And, you know, for a long period of time, it felt like the game was going to die and they have to do a lot of unique things to, to make sure that doesn't happen. And then Tiger Woods happens. But like we had Phil Ivey. And there was just no... Hey, did he die or something? We still have Phil Ivey. <laughs> 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 he got too big for us. Well, he kind of got too big for us. It's like you throw him in a 200 400 game, he doesn't even give a shit. It's yeah. like, but he's not marketable anymore. Is he's my also point. not playing in the States anymore. Yeah, he's just not marketable. <laughs> and I guess the... I guess like, I think he's a good uh, example of why that method doesn't work. I think Annette and Vanessa Selbst and, and players of that ilk are good examples of why it's not as simple as just putting somebody who looks I like you. I found Annette Overstad and Vanessa Selps to be inspiring. Sure, when sure, I was sure, playing, sure. When I was starting to play, I was like, this is pretty cool. Her little, yeah. I covered my cards with a post-it and won this 180-man. Now I'm like, it was a 180-man. But still, yeah, like, but still it's insane. she's, it's she's impossible. showing like the power of position and that like, oh, my yeah. cards don't even matter. It was really badass. I think role models um, are really important. What'd you say? Role models yeah. are very important. So I think they're incredibly important. And this is where I was trying to steer the conversation. Uh, I think that as an acquisition model that doesn't work but i think for retention purposes it's absolutely mandatory right and i think that you're absolutely correct we don't have female ambassadors anymore not not post black friday right like uh chrissy is really the only one that we've seen jen shahadi jen shahadi does work for stars like she she really she, she was, was a mind sport she was a mind sport ambassador for stars see so this 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 shows you like how little that's amplified i thought she was done with stars i thought it's been I'm years you're sure still doing no because like she's in pennsylvania i can no, look at her twitter profile right now she's okay yeah see yeah um look she's she's in a market she's targeting pennsylvania right 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 so, right, like, right. so she's not a part of rest of the world but i think she actually does a lot of work i think she does a really good job um, as a pro, I think there's less, obviously, like if we are not having online poker going in the U S they can't just be throwing money at yeah. women to be promoting it. I understand that. Um, I do think that like people but in like, general, everybody are knows Darren is bet MGM, uh, yeah, ambassador. ambassadors are willing to work a lot more than he, they used to like in black on black Friday. It was like, Oh, before black Friday, they're like, here, wear a patch be in a tournament, yeah. $10,000, go yeah. get them. Yeah. There was nothing like that. Like <laughs> they didn't great. have to do anything. Uh, now I'm looking at like Ashley Sleeth and Jamin Burton. I'm like, they're hustling really hard. They're vlogging and they're trying to get opportunities. I think people now, like they're going to be expected to write some articles and do some stuff. So I'm like, I think there is probably, if they used to fund people in a way that didn't work, it might've been because they're not optimizing the way they use these people. The, the irony is that if you were a 20 something white male pre-Black Friday, all of those responsibilities did fall on you. You had to write articles for Bluff or Card Player. You had mm. to be, uh, you had to separate your, like it was so homogenous yeah. that you had to find a way to differentiate yourself in order to garner the favor of, of a Dude, I'm telling you, the play of the young white male is very, very dire. <laughs> I feel like we should talk more about that. You heard, me say, you heard me say the irony of it, I'm right? I'm kidding you. Okay. Like in no way, shape or form am I trying to, to, to paint a picture of like, what was me? But that that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, you're right. Back then, just being different was enough. And now it's kind of the opposite. Now the homogeny is what's being sold. And like I said, everybody knows Darren Elias is the BetMGM ambassador. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine everybody knows Jen Shahadi is the Stars PA ambassador. Well, you're not on East Coast. She's been doing it forever. Like she, she makes herself known as like she is. No, no, just, no. I'm not saying this is a Jen problem. I'm saying she's a I'm good role model for people who are paying attention. Yeah, and that yeah. would be younger women who are trying to get into the game. They would be paying attention. I'm trying to, to make. That. I'm trying to make your point where he is very amplified across. Like there is no BetMGM in Nevada. Everybody in Nevada knows he's the ambassador, though. And that, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make is, like, Stars isn't putting the same effort behind a, a gen but, for uh, PA. And, like, I don't know if I can speak to that or not. This is just us both with our, like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's my anecdotal experience. It's what you're paying attention to or not. But like, I think that back in the day, stars had a pretty good model for for marketing to women. And I think they let it all burn when they switched management. And I want to revive some of that stuff. With WPT Global, like, I just think we should take some of their good ideas and use them. Women's Sunday with leaderboards and and like basically steps to get to a higher stake. You can see a path to going to some amazing event, to winning your seat to PCA. I think that's what it felt like it was possible. And I think that there's times where we're like, we don't need to market this game and say you're going to become a professional and be super rich. I think that that's that's false for most new players. It's going to be really hard to be a new player and be making 100K within a few years. Yeah. Like, I think that's difficult. You don't have to sell them the glamour stuff, but you can say, here, here's a way to have a hobby that can make you some money, make you some friends, great social atmosphere. Um, there's a reason to do this besides just, I'm going to get rich and famous from this. And I think we should be marketing more towards that because I think having it be like a fun social atmosphere is important to women um, on average more than to men. And I yeah. think that like, I told you stories about my mom where like I teach her how to play. She's playing $2 sit and goes on stars. But we'll put her in one, two. I'm like, how did you do? End of the session, there are like, it's like half an hour of stories about people at the table. <laughs> and then she's like, oh yeah, and I lost like 50 bucks anyway. And just like walks away. And I'm like, I, I said, how did you do? Like, did you win? And she was like, who fucking cares? Like, here's all these things that happen to me and people I talk to. And I think there's something there that like we should realize that, that, that we have to nurture that if we want casual players to come try it out, catch the bug, get inspired and do more. Yeah, I think that that's what this conversation ultimately boils down to is that there are no clear incentives for women who have zero interest in poker right now because previously the incentive would have been money. Right. Why do it, we need women who aren't interested in poker to play? The same poker? reason. Why, the same reason we need men who are not interested in poker. We're talking. If we're talking growth, right? We we need people who don't have an interest to come into the market. Okay, yeah. Uh, tap the untapped. And right now, that incentive is lacking for both male and female, right? Because money was the big carrot on a string before. Whereas, like, this is an easy it's way really to make just a hard getting living. people who aren't interested in poker interested in poker, not necessarily. Well, like, women. think about what esports did. Yeah. Right. Like they were able to gamify something or sportify something in a way where it was no longer this like uh, insulated community. It's a big that spectator cared. sport. There's a betting market. Right. Yeah. Right. All of this this uh, ripple effect took place, and the market grew tremendously. Right? right. We don't really have that in poker, and that's okay for now. I guess like that's the whole point that we I'm trying to make. Side, with this. We need a side betting market. We definitely need that, but it's 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 very difficult until we can like uniform. Or give us like, side betting. Give us a big fantasy thing. But it's hard. Like you, can, it, it it's very Both difficult to do with even just late registration existing. Yeah. Right. Like, how would you ever make your bets prior to registration closing if the window of time is like zero? Yeah, they'd have to be mostly like prop bets, I guess. Like, yep. Or day two. Someone bets. to win. A, you could do like day two yeah. and beyond. Or like, um, so they could create a betting market top overnight. Ten chip stack at end of day one. Type yeah, you could do props like that. Yeah. Are there any industries with, that are female dominated that are looking for more like men to be involved in them? Or no, is that not a thing? Yeah, that's things like good, nursing. Things that's like a good question because, because my initial if, response was like, why would they want that? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just say, for example, like, is using like a makeup artistry a bad example? No, that's probably a good one. No, right? there's probably Nur- like, nursing. So in that regard, are there any actions being used for more males to be interested in that kind of stuff? That would be helpful too. Like nursing is a good example because Mm -hmm. especially during COVID, I'm sure there was a short supply of nurses. I'm pretty sure male, they, well, this is every uh, industry, but I think male um, nurses, 
like they get paid more or, they, or they're more that. wanted they get like higher bonus like they signing, get bonuses signing bonus, they get paid bonus. more i was right so, so there's a yeah, monetary sure. incentive and that, right. that goes back to like what i was saying with regard to pulling people in it's like right now there's no great incentive but the thing that we can address right away and i guess like this is all a giant conversation to basically just say, like, stop shouting at windmills, everybody. We're having two different conversations that are passing in the night. Everybody who's offering solutions, I feel like generally don't know what problem they're trying to solve. So the idea that we can offer incentives to those who already have an interest is something that I'm 100% on board for. And I'm definitely behind it. I think we should be promoting female ambassadors in that regard. I think we should be, again, aligning with groups like like Poker Power. I think we should be uh, taking on initiatives, expanding female uh, or ladies only events. Like, and this is difficult because, like, I think even women are a little bit divided on that topic. Yeah. But like, who cares? Just throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah, do some more research because that's the thing. Like Thomas Keeling and I have a lot of that planned like we have promo codes and things or when we're doing stuff for WPT like what works and what doesn't do we have do we actually acquire new users is this something where they spend their ticket and never come back again we're going to be doing things like that um I just I just don't believe that there's been a real effort made and I'm going to keep trying and I'll run my head into the wall and that's fine um, yeah I, I just works. I guess I just wanted to be clear that like the effort is to actually just see growth through retention mm -hmm. right it's to make sure that women who enter the arena stay in the arena as long as we can possibly capture them yeah like this is where when you're saying we are trying to capture people with no interest that's impossible you can't make me like something that i have zero right. i'm not even i don't gonna, think that that's like, understood to the general populace but i'm, I'm saying there's a lot of people like, who are like, like minimally interested in, in it what'd you say <laughs> i'm not gonna start loving nascar well, exactly you, you show me, me like a cool woman doing that. I just don't care. Yeah. So yeah, like, but, yeah. but I, that's why I don't think it'll be 50, 50. I don't want to ignore the fact. I think there probably are some biological differences. I think more so there's societal differences. Agreed. There's totally pressures agreed. to do certain things. Um, there's also obvious things biologically, like women will take a break to have kids and a family sure. and then maybe not return to poker for a really long time. And then you're out of the game. You're like, do I want to do this anymore? I know that this happens people. It's not going to be 50-50, but to say, oh, 95-5 sounds about right is bullshit. Like, if I think that we can really get it higher than that. And yeah. I think that women's groups are already doing that. Support them. Like, put some free shit into them. Like, try to court some more people for self or why. Give a discount. I've coached women who are very low stakes at way less money than I coach guys. There are ones I didn't collect money from. I was like, yeah. fuck it. Like, go play. Like, yeah. th there's things you can do if you really care um, that aren't like the biggest consideration isn't what's my bottom line for this if you really care yeah and that's all i'm saying is like companies should be supporting these groups that are doing all the effort on their own they really do just need like a little boost and they need to not be told it's not worth it by their biggest ambassadors i, I i'm in complete agreement with all of this i i think the maybe i'm being a little bit pedantic but it, it's just altering the conversation to steps that can be taken in order to grow within the current environment, mm -hmm. right? Because I think so often the point gets lost whenever we start to manufacture this idea of like, oh, there's, uh, you know, billions of women on this planet <laughs> Who really thinks that they that they're going to tap this like someone's gonna be like oh my god i've never seen a playing card before like that's not a thing like there's that's not something that's gonna happen no one is like that's that the majority of the rhetoric that i'm seeing it's crazy though. though i think people exaggerate too much i'm yeah. very very guilty of that and sure. i think some people take it at face value and go yeah. oh you want it to be 50 50 i never will be i'm like 50 not even 50 50 or any yeah. arguments like that but just more so that they're they're basically saying like 95 percent of women are just sitting out and that entire group can be captured. 
And I think that there's a really strong argument to say, like, no, only a tiny sliver of that. Yeah, a tiny sliver is still a lot of people. What do you think would be a like a a good ratio or or like or a goal? It's just a guess. Like this is what I'm saying. Like this is always going to be a guess. But what, what would like the I guess the goal to say, Andrew, Andrew oh, we succeeded. 20, 2080 would 80, 20, be, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I feel like, like childcare and less disposable income and a bunch of societal bullshit is going to stand in the way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it can be like much right. better than that, but like that's a huge increase of new oh, players. Yeah, um, yeah, I think and if like, we went even, from 95.5 to, yeah, to 80, 20, be like we did something right. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, there, there are a few things to consider in this. So first of all, Andrew Barber posed that question to, um, uh, Jen Jacobs mm-hmm. and basically said if every stigma was removed if if it were an optimal world mm-hmm. what do you think the ultimate ratio would be and she kind of skirted the question and said like well you could just never remove all of the barriers I don't think it would be very different what I don't think it would be very different like if if everyone acted perfectly at the table you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. And if women yeah, made the same amount the, of money as men and yes. had as much okay. financial control, like he's basically saying, if yeah. there were no if there yeah. were no difference in barrier of entry, but the barrier of entry is still consistent, what do you think the ultimate ratio would be? And she kind of skirted the question, uh, and then later, um, maybe it was Schwan talking to uh, Liv, and Liv kind of said, uh, "Yeah, I think we can do better than ninety five five, but anybody who thinks that it can get to seventy five twenty five is is kind of like dreaming." Um, I think that I think that there are a few things to acknowledge within the framework of those two conversations. Number one, if it it becomes a fool's errand to shout at windmills for a problem that you recognize is at a global level and can't be solved. So in other words, it, it becomes uh, a fool's errand to say like, you're not inclusive enough. And then when someone says, okay, well, if we could strip away everything that's preventing women from coming into the game now, what do you ultimately think the ratio would be? And the response being, you're not inclusive enough. Yeah, but that's not what we're saying. No, no, like, no. That's I, what I'm saying. I, now you're exaggerating. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm, saying 50 50. I'm, I'm not, saying 80 I'm not throwing you into this at all. I'm, yeah. fr- I'm framing it around what Jen and Andrew were talking okay. about. And then, secondarily, uh, when, when Liv is kind of making the point that there's just an inherent selection bias taking place here, saying that 75 25 isn't taking place, I think what's underneath those numbers that's not really being divulged as to why 7525 is lofty and maybe even 8020 is lofty is that the vast majority of those players who make up uh the percentage of people playing poker or or the ratio if you will the the vast majority of the females who are bringing that ratio up are going to be at the absolute lowest stake entry level position or not position but um uh buy-ins or whatever and across the board that ecosystem goes broke a lot so there's massive turnover at that level and the challenge becomes for men that turnover is repeatable because the interest level in poker stays relatively consistent because it's a boy thing Mm. quote unquote right for women if you ever do get say 20 percent interested and it doesn't shift that narrative hard enough to where it's an inclusive thing instead of a boy thing now that turnover just crushes the 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 industry again right and the turnover is inevitable the game's too hard, not just not for women or men, just in general. The game is too hard. There's always going to be massive churn at the bottom level, right? So I think that that's kind of Liv's greater point is that's the selection bias at play. Even if we could get the number up, once that first wave of churn comes through, we're going to see it get cut massively. But, okay, so that's also in the camp of just like, ah, it's just the way it is. 
Well, to some degree, uh, that's what I'm I was doubling down on what Jen was saying too, right? When Whenever uh, Andrew says, like, in an optimal world, what do you think the ratio would be? And she kind of replies with, eh, it's just the way it is. Like, yeah, there are certain factors that are going to be not impossible to overcome, but are going to be massive challenges that a lot of companies are going to decide it's not worth the spend to try to beat their head against I the wall. I don't know. I think that uh, I've seen a lot of men go broke and their buddies help them and back them and let them live in their grindhouse and do all that. I think that for every new woman we add to the game, there's more of a chance of that, of like an actual community being built. Yeah, yeah. Where I it's like, that. hey, you're low. Like I have an example right now where I'm like helping a little bit, a friend who's really not having a good time. Um, and it's just kind of... I think that my friends would do that for me too right now. So you think like the churn will I think will the churn will slow reduce. down. I think that this is a thing that will snowball on itself. I really do. And like I I'm not optimistic about anything. Like this sure. is where I'm like I, this is why I'm like I'm not used to this argument where I'm like no things are going to be good. What, what I, I do <laughs> what I do agree with is that I think the elevation aspect will improve. So I disagree that the churn will slow because I just think the game has a way of weeding people out in general even if they are able to find funding it, it may deter it a little bit i'm gonna push back on that too because i think that i agree with you like it's very brutal when you first start playing you don't even know if you have a win rate yet and you're sitting there being like i hope i do because i'm gonna sit here a bunch of hours and i might have less money at the end if, if i don't um a lot of these people are coming in better equipped like some of the poker power people i'm watching uh, yeah. my, my housemate lisa is coaching the like beginner beginners where it's like this is a flop or whatever um they're being spoon-fed Stuff that like is very expensive to learn on their own. <laughs> if you sit down, you're just like, oh, a card game, you're screwed, right? Yeah. yeah. So like they are actually coming in a little bit more prepared. It sucks we don't have online poker everywhere in every state. That's also the problem that yeah. they don't sit down and just say, oh, poker. Like there is no, like there's nothing for them to get into it. Yeah. Like it just, you just walk yeah, you, by it. You guys have more of like a buddy system. It's like one of your boys has a bachelor party. He's like, we're going to play poker tonight. You'd be like, okay, I'll go play poker with you. Like mm -hmm. that isn't happening as much with women, but it can. Like that Daniel White has a good idea. That That's is a great idea. the bring a buddy to your cash yeah. game kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like, you'll be incentivized. I mean, to I brought my friend who had never played poker in a casino before when she came to visit and she, it was her idea. And she was like, I want to go play. And then she had a great time for it, even though she lost. She had a great time the first night and then wanted to go back the second night. That's great. She loved it. Yeah, and, and that's I'm like sure that's and every where, time she comes, she'll That's where play. we're talking about retention, where it's like yeah. make the people already in the game happy to be there. Yeah, yeah, I like, agreed. Address things like Ebony Kenny said, make it a better environment. Come up with solutions like text messaging the floor people for help. Things like that. So that when Melissa's friend comes to town, she doesn't go like God, I'm gonna bring you to the cesspool. And well, she yeah. said, like, like me being there fun. helped too, because I obviously like am looking out for her. So if anything weird or feisty was happening, I mean, but she, I know she can hold her own. But th fine. that there, happened there when is... I brought my mom to play. Yeah. She sat at one two, and a guy insulted her, yeah. and I left my game, and I sat to his left, and I was like three betting. I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck yeah. you, like every single hand. He's like, what did I do to you? <laughs> like, but I was like, you were nasty to my mom. He like with he, my mom's. Yeah, and he said that with <laughs> headphones and sunglasses at one two. I was like, oh, I hate this guy. Yeah, but like that is, it's like there is a buddy system kind of like that where it's like if you you're throwing these people to the wolves a little bit, like it's cool that you're there with her. Yeah. I got, yeah. I got a quick question do you think that the populace of like the one two or lower stakes live is on the aggregate happier or less happy like over under 50 percent happier sad it depends. If, most of the well, entry, well, here, one sec. if most of the entry people are sad and mad and angry 
why would people that are finding it new want to continually it, play so the game? It depends heavily on if they are recreational or not. The ones who are 100%. recreational playing that, that those stakes are very happy. The ones who are not recreational yeah. are just, why are you? They're so just sitting there not playing hands. Would you so say that know. most people playing those stakes, like one, two, are playing recreationally or not? I mean, most like are recreational. Most are rec So most of the time it is fun? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I don't issue, know though. When me and Conrad are at the table, it's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so. the issue would be like the bad actors are the ones that are skewing people away. Because if your first experience is getting yelled at by someone, like, oh, you shouldn't oh, don't play get me this wrong. Don't get me wrong. There are don't, the tables with me. There's, one of, there's one of those at like every other table. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like the problem that the problem is, I feel like they come out of the woodworks when like women come around or something along the lines. Like they, they, they won't do this to like eight, eight guys at the table. They're not gonna say shit. But like yeah. somebody that they can single out, yeah, they just think they're the fuck. Because then they're like, oh well, that means I'm not getting singled out. We exactly. we have to be no we have sense. to be very cognizant of of anecdotal evidence, though. Like uh, a lot of this is just yes, of course, it's happening at scale to some degree, but it's also like perception based. So uh, I do think the Danielle White uh, idea is very good. I don't think it's scalable though, or I'm not, I'm not convinced it's scalable. Like basically if somebody pitched me that same idea for men, I would just be like silly. Right. Uh, and to be fair, like I'm kind of poo pooing it a little bit more than it, it should be because I do think it's a good idea, especially given that, uh, there are these disenfranchised women in the game and men are not disenfranchised. So that's why I think it would be a bad idea in the inverse. Um, but like even meetup games uh, as, as a whole haven't scaled. Like they, they just don't scale. They make people like Nimi and it's Owen. What, it's what's lovely about them. It's not some big corporate right. thing. It's like a actual, like you sit down with someone that you follow and that you like yeah. and they make you feel like you're friends with them. Yeah, it's a like great Brad retention and, model. Brad and Andrew are amazing at that. Mm -hmm. I feel like Ashley and Jamin would be amazing at that. Yep. Um, I think this like buddy system thing is a really cool idea. I think these people are going to sit with real poker players who are having fun and have a good first experience. Yeah. Um, I think we can get to 10% in a year. If you told me I have to get one woman to play poker this year, like that will want to play somewhat like on the regular, I could easily do that. I could coach someone to be decent at one, two, mm -hmm. um, to like find the best games. Here, look at two plus two. Here's a resource. Here's like solve for why. Here's upswing. You can do that. Like I, if I felt good about doing that, I would do that more. I tend to talk to people who are already interested in poker. Um, if I felt I like this common, was an though. amazing welcoming environment with a lot of upside, I would pressure my mom to play more instead of going to blackjack, you know? And that's, and that's kind of the, the unspoken problem is that I think all of us who have been around the game for a long period of time understand that growth is going to be very difficult and that this isn't something we would do again if we had to start tomorrow. I would. I was a lawyer before. That was terrible. Like, this is, this is where I'm like, I, I think having a shit job before or something that makes you feel like your soul is dying mm -hmm. makes it easier to stomach poker through even yeah. some of the bad stuff. And some of the harassment, like, I'm not going to make a big deal about harassment. I think I've run pretty good. I've had a couple really bad scares where I'm like, what is my life? But also, um, I think on average, I am, like, smart mouthed enough where a person isn't going to, like, go after me. I feel like Melissa is similar. It's like, I think we probably experience slightly less of the, like, real terrible people because yeah. you are clearly comfortable and you're confident yeah. and you have a network right you know I, like i know floor. people in the room yep. i know the floor and the, so they're just like oh well this is actually not my territory <laughs> like yeah, yeah he's like oh shit i'm down. actually gonna get fucked up if yeah. i talk to this girl yeah. like this yeah and like i think we need a little bit mm -hmm. like more of that it's like that's why i said it's really important to get even one more woman in every time you can because yeah. it will snowball it will feel like uh, a more comfortable 
I felt like an alien the first time I played in a casino. There sure. were no women. Like, literally, it was a cocktail waitress. I'm like, hello, <laughs> help me. <laughs> like, uh, and also, it's like, you're going to suck when you start playing, and everyone's going to notice you suck because you're new and they've never seen you before. Yeah. And if you're yeah. a dude who looks like every dude, you like, won't really be noticed. You right. can play like shit, and they're not going to be, like, talking about <laughs> yeah. you when you leave. Like, if, if people that are, like, quote-unquote skilled at poker see someone do something that's, like, not so skilled, you don't say anything. You just, like, <laughs> take a mental note, and you kind of maybe, like, like, Hmm. Like you don't do unless they fold a straight flat. Right. Oh, unless yeah, they do fuck. Anyways, like <laughs> you don't actively go out of your way to make the person feel worse. I don't understand why people do this. Yeah, but yeah. people will do that. Mm, some things. guys really hate losing to girls. Like I, I was just in Florida where I was kidding around with Berkey because he was like, the lowest stakes are always going to be the people who have a chip on their shoulder who are going to treat you the worst. I'm like, yeah, or any stake in Florida. <laughs> like, <laughs> like every guy, it was just very a weird feeling. Like yeah. I would win a pot and the person would be like, Meh. and I'm like, what? I didn't do anything. I'm also friendly and drunk. Like leave me alone. <laughs> like it, it was a weird feeling and it did remind me of like 10 years ago mm. when I would play and I just like felt out of place and I felt like I didn't belong and I felt they're like hating me and that kind of yeah. feeling. It's so like, table dependent. Yeah. Throwing a monkey wrench into this. No, it's all Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that they had a top male topless dealers tournament? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they got they got obliterated. Exactly. Women hate it. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. I've been right. waiting to say this for like okay, 20 how minutes. This? How about this? <laughs> they wear tops, <laughs> but they don't wear bottoms. <laughs> I don't think you're getting what you asked for here. <laughs> you have not seen enough ugly penises in your day. That's yeah. wonderfully clear. I have a really good, good idea. This good. is an actionable idea. So remember when Title IX was enacted and it was supposed to put more money into women's sports. Mm -hmm. yeah. And instead they started stripping the lesser male sports so that the uh, ratio was better. Yeah. Like Rutgers just lost their crew team yeah, temporarily yeah, yeah. and fencing because they were like, oh wait, we need the ratio to match. Correct. So let's not give women more money. Let's take away money from men. I think me and Melissa should go around and harass the men into quitting. And that'll make the percentage a little bit better. There you go. Sure. Right. If you just make all of the angry <laughs> men like leave, then all mm -hmm. the women will proportionally to, come back. To be fair, you don't really have to do that. Angry men in poker have There's, a very, yeah. very short, short shelf yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. They are not winning anytime There's soon. There's a reason they're, they're angry. Soon. Except and for helping to a 16 bracelet. Sure. Let them lose their money and then they'll just be yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a riveting conversation. I've greatly enjoyed it. I would love to end on something. <laughs> she got to see Newt. Something Newt-ish. <laughs> He's a rag doll. Oh, this poor, this poor dog. Poor dog. He is rich dog. He is a grown-ass man. <laughs> rich dog. Getting dog. Laughed no, he's still a baby. Yeah, he's he still looks a baby. so miserable. Okay. <laughs> Look at Oh, it's just a little poor, poor Newt. He He's just like wants to take a nap. He's asleep already. Yeah, of course he is. Yep. Yeah, come to mother's bosom. <laughs> uh, I hope that everybody enjoyed the conversation. I hope that uh, we made it a little bit more clear where everybody stands in all of this and that we're able to actually move the needle a little bit. Uh, moving forward, again, I, I'm not entirely sure what we as a community can do other than just be better, be less assholes, but... Uh, you know, maybe the bigger entities take note. Maybe uh, we do start seeing the the Poker Power uh, sponsorships roll out or collaborations or whatever. Um, I am interested to see a lot of these ideas that you're working with WPT on start to roll out. I think that they're very and easy the to support. We have we're gonna have a big ladies event, a big one, nice good one. It's gonna be worth it, and we're gonna support it and like make sure people satellite in and have a chance. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think anything that like can have monetary incentives behind it are just always going to do a lot more heavy lifting than things that are feel-good stories, right? Yeah. It's just kind like of the nature too, of it. Though. There's nothing no, of wrong course, with like. Of course, we love there's it. nothing wrong with like a tweet once in a while where a guy's like, "Man, there are more women in poker, women in poker," and like, "Oh wow, there's some crushers, like people who actually actively support women who are winning." Yeah, it's it's great. I yeah. notice it. I yeah, know yeah, people yeah. notice. It. I, I think that stuff's great. Um, I thought Nimi had a pretty good idea, but uh, I also think that like there are a lot of holes in it. So his idea was basically take three well-known, established, winning female poker players. Ah, uh, winning? Fuck. You're out. You won two rings this year. It's, it's, yeah, it's a tough ring. qualifier. <laughs> uh, and basically, like, create a community out of them where they start vlogging. The, the problem with this idea is that um, if you put the onus for them to do the work, if you put the onus of work on them, it's going to be very difficult for them to still be winning. Like, I know how difficult it is to try to split your time between creating content, playing poker yeah. at a high level, and uh, also being scrutinized under the, the microscope 24-7. Nobody's going to sign up for that gig. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Is, that, is that what's been happening? Unless it plays bike? really, really yeah. well. Yeah. No. yeah, you know, you understand how it is. Um, and even if you can alleviate some of the pressure by like just having a, an editing team and a, a film crew and everything else, like follow them and create the vlogs and stuff like that for them. Um, I think the problem is there's still a lot of overhead where you need to like, you basically want to create an echo chamber without creating an echo chamber. And that's the biggest challenge. So you want to create this like women's only club call it or community or whatever that's going to grow from within but the problem is is if you do that then you have this three-person echo chamber where they're not getting like nearly enough outside influence of like how the game's moving how the theory's changing and all that other stuff um but i do think it has legs like i think it's the right idea i, I brought that up because of the idea of like a feel-good story um and i think like those are good examples of how you can curate them but they're very very fucking expensive Right, like when you start to go the filming, documentary, vlogging route, uh, to do it consistently is expensive. But we do have some people who are represented in that arena. Uh, Ashley Sleeth, as you have you mentioned a few times, she's new to the vlogging scene. She's already starting to blow up. Has over twenty k followers. Um, Poker Face Ash, another one. She's a, a former Salt for Y attendee. We actually have a shockingly high female ratio. We're like yeah. seventy five, twenty five, eighty, twenty ish, depending on uh, whether you're looking at live or online. Um, and I don't really know why I've never really been able to put my finger on it other than, uh, I guess you could say like the sample is relatively small. Like if you're looking at people who have attended the Academy, you're looking at sub 200 people. Um, but in any event, like there is these subsections that we can curate and grow and, uh, you know, kind of water if you will. Um, I'm still not convinced we get to 10. Or 20. Yeah, we're getting a 20. Anytime in the near future. But <laughs> God damn it, I'm rooting for it. Yeah, Bitcoin might go to 20. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, said, he said Bitcoin might go to 20. Yeah. Wow, that could actually uh, adjust the percentages a lot because more men are in crypto if Bitcoin yeah. just takes. <laughs> <laughs> it might be at 50 50 because there's going to be like 12 men rolled for one two. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more people in those one two streets. Sad and accurate. <laughs> there'll be so many more people playing, so, so many people oh, just no, going down. No, but then they'll be mad because they have to play lower. Yeah. Good. Oh, they'll be, be so mad. It would be so bad. So mad. So mad, so, so bald, so bald. <laughs>
Uh, that's going to wrap it for us. Uh, we have a new episode of Poker Out Loud out on Salt for Y TV today. If you want to go check that out, head to saltfory.io. Matt Hunt also has a new course out, MTT Exploits 2.0. This is focusing specifically on pre-flop exploits. So you can check that out. The first two episodes are up. The next three will be out, I believe, midweek this week. I think Wednesday is when they're set to launch. Uh, finally, we do have new Academy dates set for August 16th to the 19th. That'll be a Poker Out Loud style Academy. Two days of gameplay, two days of theory. The days of gameplay will be roughly eight hours in length. You'll get the uh, game footage to keep and study and definitely a uh, very, very powerful learning tool in my opinion uh first one went great so if you want to be a part of that head over to academy.solfy.io all these links are in the show notes below jamie thank you so much for joining us Thanks, it was a pleasure Thanks for having me uh, i appreciate you taking it easy on me from a <laughs> oh no i've been like texting you the whole time terrible things i just didn't want to say them out loud. <laughs> again much Fuck obliged you, thanks for bringing newt he's welcome to stay we can have a shop dog moving forward that'd be great Wait, should we get newt on one more time yeah let's get new come here nudy Oh, run. Oh, oh, hello. A feel good hug. Oh. 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 Yeah. Oh. <laughs> More dogs and poker. Yeah. Yes. That's the campaign. We'll see you guys all same time tomorrow. Thank you so much. Peace. Later. The real treasure is the.